it's just a soft golden glow in here oh marvelous yes um well i can i, I don't mind i can turn it off or i can leave it on I, I, i'm not going to get up and turn, pull the camera out because it's too far i can't be asked it's <laughs> sat down now <laughs> oh, I, I, I was just turn it off you got my name there you right. go <laughs> <laughs> um well, i'll turn it on so you can see me have a wank <laughs> oh, fucking hell that's the first two minutes of the show scene too. <laughs> oh dear, go on then. Right, okay. Hello and thank you for listening to episode 454 of 60MW and the entertainment show for May and June 2022. I'm Dave and once again, gently stimulating your cochleas. It's Chris. Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm all right, mate. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) nice to to join you again on one of these. I know, I know. It seems like it's been ages since we did the last one. Uh, it would have been beginning of May, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. A couple of months. Uh, uh, well, it, it, it's generally a couple of months, isn't it? So, But mm. I don't know why. It just seems like it's been longer. It does. So It does. It does. I don't know why, but <laughs> but it does. But it's good. It's good to be back and chew the fat over some entertainment stuff. Uh, hopefully, all of it good. <laughs> that We shall see. We shall see as we go on. Um, well, yeah, I, I've actually watched quite a bit. Looking at my letterbox, which uh, I recommend people, you can sign up to it for free, mm. um, which is a good way to catalogue what you watch in terms of your films um, and some TV shows, which I still find a little bit odd. It's sort of, yeah, that is weird. It, it, yeah, don't quite understand that, but still. Um, but you can get a free account. I've got um, a patron account, I think, or pro, whatever it is. Yeah. Like you pay 15 quid a it's year. It's well worth it, I think. It's well worth it for that. Yeah, just gives you a little bit of extra stats and information for yeah. your geekiness, but it's cool. And plus as well, I like to support it because, uh, you know, like I said, I've been using it for, oh God, I could well, I could find out, couldn't I? But probably <laughs> about um, three years, let yeah. me find out. Yeah, I started cataloging my films on it on January the 1st, 2020. So two and a half years I've been on oh, it. Oh, wow. Yeah, I couldn't be without it now. It's it's so geeky. If you're in if you're into films, and again, for anybody that doesn't know, if you go to the Meet the Team page on our website, uh, the names of all of us that are on Letterboxd are on there. Our usernames, so you can follow us on Letterboxd and uh, stalk us and see what we're watching. Yeah. So this is how sad I am when I'd got <laughs> a bit of time on my hands. So I went through all of the films I reviewed for uh, the website, 60mw.co.uk. <laughs> and I went back and I added them retrospectively oh. to the date that I put the review on. <laughs> just oh, that's, because that's a good it's bit just another little thing to, um, you know, to, to log. But now looking at this, I think actually the, one of the first films that I logged on there was Rambo Last Blood. Nice so one. yeah, I've been I've been using it since September two thousand and nineteen. So there you go. Cool. Well, in a very professional segue, I shall use that from what you've just said 
to give my first podcast recommendation. Oh, mm, look at you. Yeah, look at you feeding me that line ready, mate. Come on. <laughs> well, before you see, I'm going to ruin it now because I actually, looking at it, I gave Rambo Last Blood three stars out of five. But then looking at it as well, we went to watch um, Ad Astra uh, a few days afterwards and I gave that three out of five as well. Oh, my <laughs> so, God. Uh, it's very different films, but very, yeah, I don't know yeah. if I re- need to reevaluate that slightly, but still. Yeah, I found that with some on Letterboxd, though, where I've watched it and then a bit later gone, well, maybe it wasn't. But it's, you know, at the time, you, you give it what you think at the time, don't you? So that's fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, podcast, podcast uh, recommendation. It's a long road since we last recorded. I was Ooh. I joined Ryan in America. Uh, as you might get from the name of the podcast, it's all about the Rambo films, which I've got a bit of an interest in, you know, don't mind them. Just a little Stallone. bit. Yeah. I was on episode seven and it was a great episode because it's the introduction of Troutman. So I get to talk about that a little bit. So each episode, uh, it's about an hour, hour and a quarter each episode. And you go in depth with Ryan about, well, whatever bits the the person before you got up to so it's not it's not a minute by minute breakdown uh but i think i don't know we covered about five minutes worth of the movie facts figures bit of trivia bit of you know the usual tangents and all this kind of stuff so if you didn't know oh if you didn't know who was originally cast as troutman and some of the other people that were cast as troutman some other little nuggets uh and again you know just some general rambo chat Subscribe to It's a Long Road. Let them know that we sent you there. Um, yeah, follow them on the social medias. You know, all the usual stuff to do. Support them and uh, support Ryan. So I might be back on for another one about First Blood, because obviously they're starting with First Blood. And then they're going to go through all the Rambo films. Um, but Ryan did say he would love to have me on for each of the films. So I'll hopefully be on at least once for each film. Mm, mm. That sounds awesome. Is he just going to go through the Rambo films or is he going to do through any other Sly stuff? He's done a lot of Sly stuff in the past. He's part of um, this podcast network that cover, well, not just Sly stuff, but action movies in general. So if you go online, I'll put the links in the in the podcast notes. Um, but it, I mean, if you just search for it's a long road, po- uh, it's a long road podcast uh, and Ryan Rebelkin, you'll, it'll you know what the internet's like it'll send you everywhere that you need to go to follow everything that he does which is well worth following and listening to so yeah give give him a you know bit of a follow and uh, let him know that we sent you there excellent yeah and again i am going to say another shout out to podcasto cat flappo jeffers in uh, all the way in australia doing a great job talking about the (laughs) one of my favorite all-time comedy shows uh, Filthy Rich and Cat Flap on the 30th of June if I remember rightly episode 4 was released and it's a deep dive all into the first episode of Filthy Rich and Cat Flap where if you're familiar with the show it's the one where all the milkmen get killed so <laughs> oh and it's great you find out there's the, you know it goes into the minutiae of it of um, how many milkmen died uh, which bits of the script didn't make the broadcast um where did the bodies get dumped in the canal at the end of that episode? <laughs> all, all of that and much more. It's again, it's a great listen, uh, and Jeff has puts in you know a shit ton of work into these. So great show, great podcast. So make sure you subscribe to uh, Podcasto Cat Flappo. Leave him a review as well. He said on the latest show, um, you know, he gives a shout out to leave reviews. 
of which hopefully people are listening to this. If you haven't left us a review, please do so as well. Uh, but I always, and I think you use it as well, don't you? You use Podcast Addict? Yes. But yeah. yeah. I find, I've used that for years. I find it a great uh, podcatcher on my phone. And I, I did, I think it was after like episode one, left him, left him a review on there. So subscribe, tell everybody, leave them a review. Again, you know what to do with podcasts and that, and it's uh, it's well worth it. And if if for some reason you haven't watched <laughs> Filthy Rich and Cat Flap still, even if you heard me talking about it in the last entertainment show, go and watch it because it's awesome. <laughs> uh, even though there are, there are some very dated references in it. There's, yeah. and, he, and he goes over one of the references, in fact, in this episode, because um, I think it's, yeah, it's Filthy, Ratch, uh, Filthy Ralph that says, um, but, but the milkman, you know, one, you, you know, killing them, one, you could get away with that, two, ooh, it's very Freddy Star, isn't it? <laughs> so if you don't know, but then he explains it in about the, um, oh, it's a Sunday sport, wasn't it, with that great headline of Freddy Star ate my hamster. So, yeah, yeah. Which, which there was a computer game. Um, I'm sure it was. Get oh, away! It was, it was Rockstar, right? My hamster. That was it. <laughs> oh wow! I didn't know that. Yeah, there was a vid- uh, computer game on the Spectrum. I never played it, but it was called Rockstar Right My Hamster, so it must have been based on that. <laughs> and I think even the box art—I'm going to have to look it up now—was um, the, the character looked a bit like Freddy Star, but yeah. Rockstar ate my hamster. Here we go. Hell. Well, no, it's a picture of Michael Jackson or sort of faux Michael Jackson on the front of it. But yeah, I, I think it was all about you know um, creating headlines, and you got like a Rupert Max. Is it Rupert Maxwell? Was that Rupert his name? Murdoch? Murdoch. That's it. Yeah, yeah it's Robert Maxwell, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and and doing other things. Yeah, there you go. Rockstar ate my ha- hamster. So that's awesome. I'll have to look into that later, definitely. Yeah, But going back to Filthy Rich and Cat Flap, because that's kind of made me, because last time we spoke, I think I I started watching it. I haven't watched any other episodes since, I'll be honest with you. But um, I remember that at the end of it, when you just mentioned that about how many bodies were dumped in the canal, um, one of the police officers that turns up, he's played by Michael Redfern, um, who people will know from this country, may not know the name, but will know him as the OXO um dad yes. do you remember oh my adverts? god yeah yeah and then looking at his imdb because he hasn't really done anything for a little while but look it's quite a typecast possibly mm. but just quickly going because he was in uh, episodes of the young ones as well so um he has played uh let me just scroll through his very so again he's he's kind of good at the job that you know the, the different jobs so he's delivery man um and then he was a policeman in something called a mother makes five um and then he was a policeman in robin's nest do you remember robin's oh my god nest? yeah i remember that uh and then he was a policeman in georgia mildred oh i used to love georgia mildred uh, and then he was, bear with me, a policeman in The Young Ones. He appeared in a couple of episodes yeah, of, yeah. of that. Uh, then he was a policeman in The Gentle Touch. Do you remember that? With Jill Gascoigne. I do. Bloody hell. It's going back a bit, isn't he? <laughs> um, he was a postman as well in The New Statesman. So another Rick Mail reference. Uh, and then obviously he was a policeman in um, Filthy Rich and Cat Flap. And also, looks looking at these, he pops up in a couple of other episodes as well uh, as a policeman. Um, and then he was a police inspector in Boone. Bloody hell. He was the police chief in Hale and Pace. God. Uh, he was a policeman in, in sickness and in health. He should be made like an honorary policeman somewhere. He should do, shouldn't, shouldn't he? he? Yeah. Um, he's, yeah, I'm just looking if there's anything else. He was in, I think he was in 
um, oh God, what was that? It was in Bottom as well as Mr. Cooper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, bloody hell. Um, yeah, I, he was, um, he got to be in the bill. He must have been in the bill. If if he's if he's not, then he's missed a trick there. Oh yeah, being a copper in the bill. Yeah, Every, everybody's been a copper in the bill. But maybe not. Oh, there we go. Anyway, so yeah, he he's been a number of different mm. police officers in some classic TV, British TV shows. Oh god, yeah, loads. He certainly knows his uh, his police procedure. That's for sure. Oh, he was. He was in the bill, oh, but there he never. You go. Well, he, does, he doesn't ding, say ding. He, he played a copper. He, he just says Trisha's dad. Landlord Harry Ford and Ted Hughes, in at different times of, of um, you know the, the last decade or so, um, but there you go. Anyway, he was in it. He had to be in it. He was in it, but he, he wasn't a copper by the looks of it. Yeah. He was in something called Real Crime in two thousand and three. DCS Chambers. So mm. there you go. <laughs> Oh, we need we need more Michael Redfern on the uh, on the TV. Yeah. It's one of those where I'm sure I read some because uh, he was really popular, wasn't he? Like those adverts. Oh, those adverts it, for um, you know everybody of a certain age here in the UK. Those Oxo adverts were massive because it was Linda Bellingham as well, and yeah. she sadly died, didn't she? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I'm sure I read somewhere that he'd fallen on hard times. You know, despite being one of the most recognisable faces, uh, you know. Uh, on in the UK, hmm. um, but yeah, he'd um, not really done much. So, oh, there you go. Redfern worked as a taxi driver and restaurateur before moving with his wife Carol to Spain, where he often works as a compare for quiz nights. <laughs> That'd be awesome. There you go. Anyway, Let's... sorry. When, oh. We we paid our own little tribute to Michael. Redfern. Yeah, and why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> a well deserved little bit of time for him. So this mm. should it be. Uh, but yeah, two podcasts for you people. Podcasto, Cat Flappo, and It's a Long Road. Get on to them. Uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to mention this. I did talk about it with Tom on the latest Decade of Decadence, but I do want to mention it on here as well, in case anybody didn't listen to that. Uh, it's a YouTube channel called BBC Archive, and there is just absolute gold on there. They release stuff virtually every day, and they're only short videos, you know about five to ten minutes. Uh, but things, obviously, you know, the 80s stuff caught my eye immediately. And there was things like, there was a bit from 1982, and it's called Behold the Touchscreen. And Ooh. it was like them showing, and it's got this, you know, a big, heavy, you know, those old CRT, well, not really that old, uh, CRT computer monitors. And it's got, oh, it's got a touchscreen. And you can make these big-ass pixels move around with your finger if you do it. And you think, you know, jump forward. This was, what, 40 years ago. And you think where we are now with smartphones and everything and have been for a while. It's fucking incredible. Um, there was, And there's one from 1986 all about the joy of email. <laughs> like email was its new thing. And they're going, oh, yeah, this is amazing. But this stuff from the 70s and the 60s and the 50s. And it's just, if you like your nostalgia and looking back at a different time, it's 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 well worth it. So yeah, BBC Archive is well worth um, subscribing to on YouTube. Mm. Mm. I'm just about to do that. Like you said, there's so many different short videos. Like they're not, you know. Yeah, uh, and it's nice as a little surprise every day because you don't know what they're going to put up, and it is more or less one a day. And because they're short, 
It's like, oh, what have they put up today? And there's like weird and wonderful things. There was one, I forget the title about it. I think it was from the 60s or like early 70s. And it, oh, I found it now, 1971. <laughs> the amazing pillar box jumping pensioner. I've just seen that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's only like th- three minutes, 44 seconds, but it's gold. You know, and it's like, oh yeah, have a have a cup of tea and watch these. It's uh, yeah, it's almost you know when you're opening a um, an advent calendar during December, yeah. it's like it's like one of those, but on YouTube, and it's like, oh, what's today's little treat going to be? It's like there's stuff, there's got to be stuff from Tomorrow's World on there. There's as well. a shit ton from Tomorrow's World, mate. It's awesome. There was one. Oh no, I think it was from Blue Peter about the beginnings of um, mobile phones. But there's, there's, there has been a lot from Tomorrow's World, which has been, oh, yeah, you know, some obviously that I saw back in the day, others that are brand new to me that I've not seen before. And mm. each and every one is really interesting. There's quite a lot they've released. Uh, I think it was like about a month ago, they released a few about Oliver Reed, who's you know legend. And um, yeah, there's one here in 1977, Oliver Reed at home in Broom Hall. That's really good. It's Valerie Singleton that... Um, that interviews him again. People from the UK and of a certain age will know who that is. And uh, oh yeah, he has a cheeky snog with her as, as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one more I'll give out. You know, if you're not sold on this by now, th- this one will draw everybody in. Those that were on the fence thinking, yeah, I'm still not sure. Six minutes forty-one seconds, nineteen sixty-two. Chip crisis hits South Wales. Now I'm not on about computer chips. <laughs> I'm on about, like, chips from fish and chips. This is the bizarre and ridiculous stuff. It's good. I like it. There's loads of interviews um, from TV and movie stars of the days as well. I mean, like, there's mm. Harrison, Harrison Ford from 1985. There's St- uh, Stallone one, 1977. Roger Moore. There's a few there. And then the one that just underneath that amazing pillow box, pillar box, sorry, jumping pensioner. 1971, 88 year old alf tab on his tiny bike <laughs> brilliant yeah yeah uh, get no, on I, it get I'll on subscribe it to that that's brilliant. it yeah have, a, have a, a little surprise every day waiting for you there you go so a couple of podcasts and a youtube uh, recommendation to begin mate fantastic mm, mm. do you want to jump in i've got um i'll tell you what i've got left i've got two tv shows two documentaries four movies and of course the double dip Wow, that's not a lot, is it really? Considering, uh, I'll say, considering it's been so long. It hasn't been that long, but you know what I mean. Um, so I've got, um, I'm just having a quick look to see if I've got any audiobooks. I don't think I have. I've got a music live event and an album. For, for probably the first time I think I've ever done that. I think so. Uh, then I've got a TV uh, and then I've got a few movies. But again, that'll all be dependent on what I want to talk about. Like, so I'll just look at Letterbox and I'll say, "Oh yeah, I fancy talking about that." <laughs> um, so yeah, I might as well jump into the live event then. So I went to yeah. watch um, as of recording this time last Friday, Tears for Fears, um, and um, it's one of those where I, I like their music, but usually it's the the, the singles, isn't yeah, it? You know, yeah, people same. know. But, um, so I can't say that I'm a massive, massive fan of theirs. I've not I've never bought an album of theirs or anything like that, you know. So, but um, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I can't even remember where I saw it advertised, but. They were playing, or well, they're doing a, a, a live tour at the moment in the UK, which is following on from their US tour on the re- back of the release of their latest album, The Tipping Point. And um, so I saw it advertised. It was Telford, which is literally 20 minutes up the road from us. Um, and it was an outdoor concert. 
Uh, and I thought, why not? The only thing that I suppose put me off a little bit was a couple of things. The price of the tickets, mm-hmm. which I think the minimum price was about £70. Um, and, and that's for sort of like, you know, your standard entry. And then you could pay a little bit extra for the Golden Circle, which I think was about £100. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. But And, and then there was the VIP, which was, you know, £160, which, you know, wasn't going to do that. Yeah. And then the other thing was as well that I'd... I didn't want to go on my own particularly, but then, I mean, Kay's not really a massive music fan. So it was like, well, am I going to waste a hundred pounds on a ticket that somebody isn't going to really be that bothered about? Um, but as it turned out, it's a, it was a really brilliant event, really well organized. Uh, it was just, uh, it felt like a festival. Okay. Yeah. You know, because it would be in outdoors. Um, so when you, you went in, there's sort of like, it's just like in a, a field or not a field, like a park area. Um, and then you got at the back, you got some drinks places and some places to get food and very, and it, you know, it was pricey. That kind of stuff was pricey, but you know, you're a captive audience, so you couldn't take any drink win, with you. So, um, then there's the merch stand again, which I, I, it was a one-off. I thought, why not? Cause it was my birthday soon. So I thought oh, why? I bought a t-shirt for 30 quid, mm. which, you know, <laughs> that's, <laughs> I, I'm guessing that's kind of standard fee for t-shirts and things like this. But hey ho! Um, but the way it was was organised was that so um, you got like the, the general park area, which was where people would have stood. But then this golden circle thing was um, you were about hundred metres away from the stage. If I mean you were possibly closer if you went right up to the the front. But we kind of stood stood towards the back a little bit, and then there was a barrier separating you and the and, and the plebs, shall we say? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that obviously. Um, but that you got like a wristband, so you could just come and go as you wanted to. Um, but it, it did. It felt like it was a festival. Like there was um, the weather was decent. It's not like it is now, which because at the moment we're having some really lovely weather. But it was mm. it was it had been raining during the day and the, the day before. So thinking it was going to pee down. But actually, the weather held off and it was really nice. So it was um, warmish, and then you know it was kind of cooled down in the evening. But so at the the, the opening act, which we didn't watch particularly we listened to we're called the shires uh, it's a country and western duo uh or country singer sort of you know style music which they sounded really good but like i said we were kind of we don't we got there just after they started and then we we're having a mooch about so we didn't really listen to them too much and then after that it was supposed to be alison moye but she'd uh, got covid so uh, she didn't play which is a bit of a shame because i would have liked to have seen her mm-hmm. but um they drafted in the brand new heavies Okay. Which I don't, I don't remember. They had um, the a couple of singles familiar. in the 90s. Hmm. Uh, Midnight at the Oasis. Oh, I yeah. I know that one, yeah. Yeah, uh, and then a few others. It's kind of, it's quite like a, a funky jazz style sound, which, you know, it's not really my thing, but, you know, it was, it, they got the crowd going and it, and it was, you know, it was pretty good. Um, and then Tears for Fears came on and I have to say they were absolutely amazing. They sounded absolutely brilliant. They played all the classic songs that they they have got, you know, uh, Change, um, who Everybody Wants to Rule the World, you know, Shout, all that kind of stuff, um, Mad World. And then they played songs off the new album, which I have to say I hadn't listened to um, at that point in time, which, you know, looking back, I probably should have done, but still. Um, but I thought these sound really good, you know, and they've said like, these are the songs of our new album. And, and so after that, I've gone back and I've been listening to it and it's a really good album. So just, I suppose, from, cause I learned a little bit about tears for fears and as you do, when you, you, you know, you listen to something or you watch something, you, you know, you enjoy it. So you want to find out a bit more. So, um, 
they had their sort of like two big albums in the 80s and then the Seeds of Love sort of like was towards the end of the 80s. Then they had a split up. So this is um, Kurt Smith and Roland Orzabal. Um, and then they split up for a little while um, and Orzabal released a couple of albums on his own uh, without Smith. And then they didn't talk to each other for like 10 years. Um, and then they got back together again. And this album was, again, it's been in production for ages and ages. Uh, we're talking years. Um, from what they were saying, their rec- record companies wanted them to uh, make a bit more of a contemporary song. So they got them drafted in loads of younger um, songwriters, but and that never really worked out for them. So they just kind of did what they wanted to do in the end. So it's it's a bit of a miracle it actually got released. And so uh, th- then in the meantime as well, um, Orzabal's wife died. Um, I think she got various drink issues and other health problems and, and whatever. So, um, but no, it was great. It, they were really, really good on the stage. This album is fantastic. I've been listening to it pretty much nonstop since then. And um, it's one of those where I haven't got a record player, but because I didn't just want to stream it on Amazon, mm. whatever, um, I actually bought it for my dad. Um, my, again, my dad's not a massive fan, but um, he he looked after our kids while we went and watched them. So I thought, because he's got a record player, and so I would, you know, hopefully he'll enjoy it because yeah. there's some some really cracking songs on there. So um, you, for, for people's birthday, I think you've got a record player. Yeah, you? You, yeah. You may you may have an album <laughs> set up for your birthday because <laughs> it's like now I want to sort of you know spread the word a little bit and um, you know support them because. I don't. I can't imagine that artists get a shit load of anything really from streaming. You know, oh, revenue. they get bugger all, do they? It's terrible. So, I, you know, I think if, if I can help support the the band uh, in some way and just you know share it, that it's a good album. It's re- I'm really enjoying it, and um, you know, it's it, it's cracking. It's really good. So it, they are currently on tour at the moment, and uh, I think people who get a chance to listen to this, they're, they're touring the country. So, but if you do get a chance to go and watch them, I'd highly recommend it. Uh, they were great, and, and if anybody's going to be a judge of watching them, you know, it'd be Kay because again, she's not really into the music particularly, and you know, uh, this was her first real live event, so and she enjoyed it as well. So I think the thing is with live music, you don't always have to like this, the exactly. music, do you? Yeah, I mean. Uh- case in point was i forget how many years ago it was now but tom waits you know tina's like a big tom waits fan and she'd played like loads of his songs in the kitchen and i'd go in and go what the fucking hell is this row that's coming out (laughs) terrible but i knew she was a big fan he hardly ever plays over here and i think he was doing he might have only been doing just the one date i think it was in in, um oh is it glasgow or edinburgh it was in scotland and I'm pretty sure it was just the one date. And so I bought I bought tickets, you know, as a present because I knew how much that she liked him. So, we, you know, we drove up there. Obviously, it's a bit of a drive from Wales. We stayed overnight. And, there were, you know, there were decent seats. We were pretty close to the front. And, you know, I've got them for Tina. I've got, like, no interest. Mate, it was a fucking awesome gig. It was mm. amazing in it. He was absolutely amazing. And I loved it. So, yeah, I mean, that perfectly put, mate, you don't. You don't need to like the bands. You can go and the whole experience. And I got into the music. Still don't listen to him here. You know, I still can't put his music on and listen to him. But listening to the live stuff and there was really good. I've got to ask you something, though, mate, because it's a conversation that me and Tom had over WhatsApp the other week because he's been going to loads of gigs recently. One of them being, I think the latest one was Guns N' Roses. And 
this doesn't apply if you're going to a gig and you're sitting down and you've got seats. This is if you're, you know, like you said, and you're standing and there's you know, mm. a big crowd and you're in the middle of it or you want to get to the front. Well, you know, I'm at a certain age where there's, there's certain considerations to be taken. So I know the last few Kiss tours, you know, I thought, you know, go to see them as many. Usually I go to see them at least three times, London, Birmingham and Manchester. And at least one of those, I want to be right at the front, you know, and and be the, you know, the 14-year-old the kid that I once was when I got into them. And then for the other two, well, usually I'll be right at the front for one. I'll be standing sort of in the middle-ish for another one. And then for another gig, I'll be sat, you know, and just sort of taking the stage show. But the ones where, and especially if you want to be at the front, you've, well, I've got to. I'm going to ask you if you've if you're at the stage where you've got to do this yet. You go to a gig, and even if you want, you know, a few beers or not, you've got to keep yourself hydrated. So you've got to have a few drinks. It's that balancing act of how much can I drink without wanting to go for a piss part way through the gig because I'm going to lose my place and never get back to it, especially mm. from at the front. Are you at that stage yet, or can you just, you know, I'll just have? Do you have like you know water or beer or whatever, and not really have to consider? Ooh, I'm I'm gonna, you know, I can't do any more because I'm gonna piss. So I it was I um I had a couple of points, and so I went to the toilet in when the brand new Harry's finished, and then because I knew that uh, obviously tears were going to come on after that. Hmm. But to be honest with you, where we stood with this whole golden circle thing, um. It wasn't packed. It didn't. It wasn't rammed. You weren't for, sort of like shoulder to shoulder with, again with people. Do you know what I mean? It, it, and, and because Kay was with me, um, I went off and went to the toilet while she stood in our <laughs> place. And there was no real pushing and shoving. Do you know what I mean? There was. There was. I mean, I've been to concerts before, and and it, it's like a mosh pit, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's like yeah. You, you, you've and so. Um, I wasn't too worried about it, to be honest with you. One thing I did know, though, was because they have all the portaloo type things, don't they? Yeah. But for the men, they've actually got outside your rhinos. Oh, <laughs> it's amazing. The golden circle, know. though, that does sound like you could just sort of piss anywhere, doesn't it? <laughs> there is that, yes. Um, but no, I, I did um, think, oh, God, I, you know, you don't want to go for a piss during the, the, the main oh act God, because, no. you know, that's why you're there, isn't it? So. Yeah. But no, it, it's not, it wasn't so much a worry for me at this point in time. Oh. Although I am getting older. I'm nearly 46. I know. So This is it. You're, you're so close. I will mention as well that this show is going to be released on Monday the 11th of July, which is, in, which is in fact your birthday. So... Oh, you old twat. Brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah, if, if people listening to this on the 11th, yeah, wish Chris a happy birthday. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah, that's lovely. While, while you're still young enough to focus on the messages to you, <laughs> I thought you'd say while I'm still here. While you're still, yeah, while you're still here, <laughs> while he's, I'm still alive, he's just got a few more years <laughs> left in him. So make the most of him while he's here. Go <laughs> um, on then, mate. Yeah, that's good. You got what? Where would you like to go next? So I'll, I'll jump into. I don't think I've got any audio books. I'm looking at them now. I've uh, I I've got a few, but... um, three. Three months of Audible. I forget how I got it. It was some offer that came through. Um, yeah, yeah. So you get one credit every month. So I got the John Cleese autobiography, which I'm listening to at the moment. And does he narrate it? He does narrate it. And it oh, is good. very, very good. <laughs> it's really funny. And he, he even, 
he's laughing himself at some points. He's, you know, he's making himself laugh with what he's written, so it's good. Um, You've seen him live, haven't you? Yeah, well? yeah, yeah. He was great live. I think it was on... I think the tour he did was something like, oh, I've got to pay for the divorce tour or something like that. But he was good. Yeah, yeah he was. He was very good. <laughs> Good stuff. Mm. Yeah, I've actually just taken a bit of a, a, a three-month pause from um, Audible, believe it or not. <laughs> like, you know, you pay seven ninety nine a month for it, but mm. I often just build up credits, and then I've also got a bit of a back catalogue. It's the same as, like, video games, same as anything, isn't it? You know, you end up buying stuff, and then you never yeah. really use it when you need to. So um, I've, yeah, I've taken a bit of a break just so that I'm not charged for it for three months. Yeah. So, but you know, you can still obviously listen to the things you've got downloaded. So, but yeah, I like audible. I do like it. Um, obviously one of the last ones we talked about or on the, the last show was, um, Jim Piddock's book, yeah. which was very good. Yeah. So, that's, yeah. Yeah. I'm still, um, still going through that again. That's one of those that's permanently by the toilet. Um, which I'm consider, sure he'd love that. Considering it's called "Caught with My Pants Down," I think it's quite apt to read it with my pants down. And yes. So, yeah, I just love it's one. I just read and read and read. It's it's so good. But yeah, yeah. Um, I'll do a TV show. So yeah, this is on. actually a, a report back actually from the last show that we Ooh. talked about was so. Um, you praised Ted Lasso quite yes. a lot. Um, even, I think, Tina suggested that it was, in her opinion, better than Shit's Creek. She loved it, mate, yeah. Um, which, you know, I was quite surprised about. And so, I mean, I've heard of, about Ted Lasso because I listen to a football podcast and so they'll talk about it on that. They don't go into any detail because I don't think any of them actually watched it. But um, And I think uh, the part of that was because you know, they saw it as a bit of a piss take of, of football. And so anyway, um, we watched it. Kay and I watched it. I signed up to Apple TV for seven days, mm -hmm. like a seven day trial. And I think we binged it in less than a week, both series. Oh my God. And absolutely loved it. Awesome. It was superb. So, so good. Uh, very funny, very touching, mm -hmm. very moving in places. Yeah. Um, you know, and the thing is, it is themed around football or soccer, but it's not about football no, or soccer. No, it's about people and it's about relationships. And uh, you know, it's it's so good. I mean, the whole cast is brilliant. I we've, I mean, you think you said before, uh, Brett Goldstein who plays Roy Kent. He's <laughs> so good in it. He's absolutely hilarious. He's so good. Um, but I, all the cast is Juno Temple, uh, Jason. I'm not sure if you pronounce his name. Sadukis, is it? Um, as Ted. And then um, I couldn't believe this, right? So the woman who owns the football uh, team uh, mm -hmm. uh, is uh, played by an actress called Hannah Waddingham. So I looked her up because in this, she's very tall and she's very glamorous. Um, and she's, I suppose you'd say a middle-aged woman who, uh, like I said, she's, uh, recently div divorced from her, uh, husband, uh, played by Anthony head, who's a real shitbag. Um, but she's very striking and very glamorous. And so I was looking at her IMDb. I, I can't remember. Did you carry on with game of Thrones or not? No, Tina's watched them all. I, as I normally do, just dropped out after season one, I think. Okay, so uh, later on, I can't remember which series they're introduced, but um, there there's a group of sort of religious zealots that take over and um, King's Landing and whatever and manage to sort of usurp the 
the Queen. Um, it's been a while since I've watched it, so I'm probably you know butchering the story. But if you, <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. Um, oh God, what's his name? He, he's a famous actor who was Jonathan Price. There you go. Uh, who's sort of like he's the, the head guy of it all. But Hannah Waddingham, she plays she's almost like a, a nun sort of char- character and the way she dresses and looks couldn't be any more different to the way she looks <laughs> in honestly i was shocked because you just look at her and you think freaking hell <laughs> i can't believe you're the same person um so anyway but no we absolutely loved it only criticism i only really one downside is one episode yeah. in the second series which we thought, I mean, Kay, it finished and Kay said at the end, what the fucking hell was that all I'm about? I'm you thought that as well, because me and Tina thought that, and it will be, it's got to be the same episode about Coach Beard. Yes. Yeah, and then we were there going, what the fuck? It, it is so out of place to the rest of, of the uh, series. It's crazy. It, it, it just doesn't make any sense at no. all really and i know that because he's kind of like in the background so he's like ted's assistant um uh, uh, you know but and and he's integral to the story because he pops up with a lot of the you know the funny one-liners mm. and things but it's just like this so this episode is all about him and it just didn't make any sense at all it it i don't know if it was supposed to be funny or what i don't know it just didn't work it didn't work for me so i don't know if they just wanted to experiment with something and mm. you know so yeah yeah they know that one left us quite cold but apart from that it's every episode is brilliant yeah really is. absolutely yeah, yeah so looking forward to no, another series thank you for, yeah oh it sets it up beautifully for yeah. the next series oh, it as well, does, doesn't, it? doesn't it yeah the way the way season two finishes it really does it's like oh my god i can't wait for season three now yeah, but no, thank you for recommending that because that was fantastic. We really enjoyed it. Oh, so, good. yeah, and it's one of those things, again, annoyingly. I was talking to my uh, friend in New Zealand about this who's sort of like going through a bit of a call with his subscriptions because they all add up, don't they? You know, Amazon oh my Prime, God, Netflix, yeah, yeah. Disney Plus. Uh, now you've got Paramount Plus, is it, or whatever it yeah. is. Um, Audible, you know, Amazon Music, you know, they, they just add up. And before you know it, you're into nearly £100 worth of subscriptions yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So um, I've actually cancelled Disney Plus because we weren't really watching it that often. And um, I, I did manage, I've cancelled, oh, was it Disney Plus? What else? Oh, uh, Audible. I've mentioned that. I'll pause that. Hmm. But no, um, I just missed out on the uh, the Apple one and they charge me four ninety nine, which is it's like four ninety. So again, it's not a lot of money, but it just you think, well, you had that up over a year. It's you know, yeah. Um, so, but they, but I thought, you know what, it was good enough. I'll pay them a fiver for, <laughs> for that. Yeah, they do have a lot of TV stuff on on Apple. I found they're quite TV heavy because I've got, you know, our usual again. Regular listeners will know this and expect it, I presume, by now. Twenty minute shows. There's um, this one on Apple TV. It's only one series, and it's only six episodes. So you could you could blast through it in a day if you wanted to. Um, called Schmigadoon, if you've ever heard mm. of that one, mate, from 2021. It's um, it's it's really it's quite heartwarming. It's one of those smiley, feeling good kind of things. It's about this couple. I mean, it starts off with this this woman called Melissa, played by um, Cecily Strong. Hopefully I've pronounced the name correctly. And she's, you know, finding dates through, you know, the like Tinder or whatever the hell. 
and the dates are just going terribly. It shows on one of these dates, and it's like, oh, you know, am I ever going to find true love, she thinks. And she's a doctor, works at a hospital, and by pure luck, they meet, she meets this uh, this um, other doctor uh, in front of a candy machine, and they form a relationship, and they go through, and they've been together years, and it jumps forward in time, <laughs> And they're a bit bored of each other. <laughs> you know, love's, true love has, has weighed, faded quite a little bit. And I'm not going to tell you how it happens, but they end up in, in this, like, alternate world where they're living in a musical. So, you know, when you watch musicals and something will happen and then all of a sudden everybody breaks out into song and choreographed dance moves and all of this. Well, this happens there. And they're like, what the fuck's going on? Where where are we? They try to escape. They can't escape. They're stuck in there until they both find true love. So the guy, um, who is it? Josh, played by Keegan-Michael Key. He, he tries to get off with one of the women there. Uh, Melissa tries to get off. Well, actually, one of the guys in that world tries to get off with her. But it's so funny because everybody keeps breaking out into these song and dance moves. Now, mm. Melissa, she's into it eventually. I mean, to begin with, it's all like, well, this is so weird. But she gets into it and she's, you know, she starts singing and dancing. Um, whereas Josh, he's like, I'm not fucking singing. <laughs> I'm not, you're not going to catch me dancing. Uh, it's very, it's it's very hyper stylized in, um, in the way that The Good Place was. You know, that sort of weird, you know, bright colours, um, weird looking sets and you know a, a sense of a different place mm. it looks like that uh i'm not really into musicals i mean i love the latest west side story there are musicals that i do like but i'm not like a big fan like tina is so i sort of you know i i latched onto the character of josh because he was like me if i find myself in that world i'd be like fuck that i'm not singing and dancing and doing any of that bollocks uh but it's good it's it's another feel good one and for six episodes, you know, less than half an hour for each one, I, mm. w- I would recommend it. That That's on Apple TV. Mm. That was a good one. My, my friend recommended another one. He said it's called For All Mankind, which um, is about the, you know, a, a sort of a, a what if, a different take on the space race, which is supposed to be really good. So yeah. um, I think there is some good stuff on there. Mm. But um, yeah, definitely. There is another. So the one that we're watching now, because obviously we finished that, it's only six episodes. So our 20-minute program at the moment, it, it's on Disney Plus after you saying that you cancelled it. But I'm sure you'd have watched it anyway because we, Tina's seen them. Me, to my shame, I'd seen little bits here and there, never, never watched a full episode. And it started in 2000 and finished in 2006. Uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I used to watch that all the time. Yeah. Oh, well, I'd, I'd never seen it, and I'm sure most people listening to this would have seen it, but just for the odd few that maybe you haven't, oh, my God, it's hilarious. It's, it's funny, isn't it? It is absolutely this sort of dysfunctional family with um, the titular Malcolm. Uh, he, he's the clever one. He's the clever son. Uh, the four sons that they've got, ones that they've packed off to military school, they've got three at home, but Malcolm's the clever one. And the rest, I mean, all the, the kids are, are, are naughty boys, and um, the parents are, are just fucking crazy. Uh, I'm loving it. And it's one of the, I don't, why am I so late to the party with this? Brian Cranston as Hal, the, yes. the dad in it. 
oh, he cracks me up. And it's violent and a little bit rude and inappropriate. And I forget what happened. We watched one today and we looked at each other and Tina said, ooh, they couldn't get away with filming that these days. So, yeah, if you like some sort of edgy humour and if for some reason you haven't watched them, or maybe you haven't watched them for a, a long time. They're on Disney+. Plus. Maybe they're on other places as well, but I'm loving it. Mm, yeah, we used to watch that all the time because it used to be on Sky. Um, that was sort of the late 90s, mid to late 90s, I think that was on. Mm. Um, yeah, that was really funny. It used to be on a Sunday evening, I think, because um, you get a new episode of The Simpsons and then you get Malcolm in the middle as well. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good, mate. I'm, oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's our 20-minute show at the moment. Good stuff. Mm. Any uh, any other TV? Uh, no, I've got nothing else at the minute. I think that's about it. Oh, I will I will reel off two documentaries for you then. Mm. Uh, I'm going to start with one called The Real Charlie Chaplin from 2021. Uh, it's a shade under two two hours long. I'm not a massive Charlie Chaplin fan. I do like him. In fact, I've found that the older I get, the more I'm enjoying uh, his films. I was always and still am. You know, Laurel and Hardy. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, the ones like that. Laurel and Hardy is always the top of the tree for me. Uh, but like I said, I, I do enjoy Charlie Chaplin, but enjoying him a lot more now. I knew quite a bit about his life, but this is a good documentary because it did, you know, some of the things I like about a documentary. It was, oh, well, I never knew that. And, oh, well, I've never seen that before. And I think with somebody like Charlie Chaplin, to do him justice and everything to do with his life you're going to need more than you know an hour and 54 minutes so you know if you're a big fan i'm sure you'll watch and go well they skipped over that and skipped over this but it's really good because they show you know like home movie stuff as well they don't skip over some of the more uh seedy parts of his life you know him getting involved with underage girls him not always at, at times being the best person to work with there's a really good example of um, one take for a film that he was making that took, and you know, we're talking, I think it took like weeks to do this one take because he just couldn't get it how he wanted to get it right. Uh, but I, I was fascinated by it because there was so much that I'd never seen before. Uh, there's, they, they do little bits um, because they've got audio recordings from uh, an in-depth interview he did with Life magazine in 1966. So it wasn't filmed. They do show photographs that were taken while this interview was happening, but they also they do a reconstruction of it using you know lookalikes and so on just to make it a bit more visually interesting as you're listening to bits of this uh, of this interview. Uh, and it goes through, you know, what, from when he leaves the, the UK and the talking. There's an interview, I forget when it was from, but it was it was a woman who grew up with him. They were they were friends as kids over here in the UK. Uh, and she gives some great tales of, of, you know, being a little girl and then being a little boy and then playing together. Uh, and then how he got into theatre and then he went to America. Then the things that happened where America shunned him. Uh, and he and he left there, and then many years later, America embraced him again. Um, it was at the Oscars, and yeah, it's 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 really really good. Obviously, you're going to get more out of it if you like Charlie Chaplin, but I think it's one of those documentaries that even if you don't, I think it's well worth watching. It's good just on a human level to see mm. somebody's story and all the things that happened to him. It's yeah, definitely recommended. Mm. 
are you a big Charlie Chaplin fan? Are you do you like I, him? Or? Yeah, I'm a bit like you. Like you said, I used to watch Laurel and Hardy when I gr- uh, was growing up um, because there were there was those stars around that time, and there were Buster Keaton mm. and uh, Charlie Chaplin. Harold so, Lloyd. I used to love Harold Lloyd. As Harold well. Lloyd. Yeah, it was another one. So it's one of those where. I think because the oh and the the Three Stooges as well, you know stuff like that. So I, I'd kind of gravitate more towards that than mm. I think I would the Chaplin stuff. Um, yeah, I've I've never really been into it that much. Um, but now that does that does sound good. I like good. you know those kind of things. Uh, like I tend to have a lot of audio books about you know um, movie stars or TV mm. or movies. So yeah. you know I'm always interested in that. You know I'll give everything a try, anything a try. Here's a documentary for you. Here's, here's one that's right up our street. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's called Our Father uh, from this year. Mm. It's, only, uh, it's only just over an hour and a half. And, oh, my God. It's chill. You know, we've said about documentaries in the past where, okay, it's about whatever, and then you get partway through, and then that thing happens where you sat there and you're going, what the fuck? <laughs> and it goes off, and then a bit further down the line, there's another revelation and you go in what the fuck <laughs> so this our father um it's a documentary true story uh it's it, set in america and it's about jeez oh, it's about this fertility doctor and so he has couples coming to him who are having problems having a baby getting pregnant and it's usually to do with the man now either the man has got a very low sperm count or he has got no, you know, no tadpoles, shall we say. <laughs> so they're, they're firing either, blanks. Yeah, firing blanks. I'm sure there's loads of other ways that we could put it. Uh, so they go, and either it's a case of that he's he, they, they've they've got samples of the man the man's sperm, her you know the the woman's husband's sperm, and he's going to do basically. And of course, this isn't the, the medical term for it. Squirt it up uh, with turkey <laughs> baster. Turkey, baster. The turkey the t- yeah. Uh. So um, to do that, so it, they've got the husband's sperm, and also uh, to use just a donor sperm, but saying that at most this one donor will only impregnate three women with this one donor and then that's it you know we move on to another donor because of course it's not it's not a big community because you don't want you know the same guy fathering all the kids and then you know their kids are getting together and having kids you know you're a half brother to the the person that you're marrying or a half sister it doesn't go right obviously does it because this this fertility doctor he's showing them the women come shows them into the room you know, get ready, get your kit off. Not the exact words that he uses. And um, I'll be with you in a few minutes. It goes into the room. So, you know, the woman's either brought the sample from her husband or uh, he's going to get the sample from this mystery donor. He goes into his office, has a wank, <laughs> comes comes into whatever receptacle, comes back into the room, gets the turkey baster, squirts the upper. Oh, my God. His, his own sperm, mate. Oh. So, I mean, either way, whether you think it's just a random donor or obviously it's a little bit worse when you think, you know, that's my husband's sperm going into me. No, it's this old dude oh. that minutes before was wanking furiously in his office in the next room to you and he, and he's squirting that into you. 
So um, it comes. It's, got, it's a power thing, isn't it? It's oh, be. definitely, mate. Uh, well, it's also something else because I'm not going to give that away because that's one of those what the fuck moments that's part of the way through because you do think it's that power thing, but then there's a, a, a another shocking revelation. Uh, it all comes to light because a woman does one of these at-home DNA tests and it comes up, oh, you've got these like multiple half-siblings, you know, half-brothers, half-sisters. And she's going, what? What? Through this DNA thing. Anyway, it comes to light. You find out that it's this fertility doctor. And then this ticker starts appearing at the bottom of the screen. Oh, how many times has he done this, do you think? As the ticker keeps clicking over and clicking over and clicking over. Now, remember, all of these people are in a pretty short area. And then they're having kids, all with him as the father. And you're growing up to be boys and girls and men and women. And you don't know who your half-sister is or who your half-brother is. There's some chilling stuff in this, mate. And um, they cut into, like, proper footage of the actual Doctor. Again, like I said, with the Charlie Chaplin one, they do some um, reconstruction stuff using a, a lookalike. Oh, God. But they use the actual people, you know, the the actual sons and daughters of this guy they have on camera talking about it and the journey that they take and the things that they find out is, oh, my God. I felt so sorry for them watching it. But strangely, just, like, glued to the screen at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so get ready for um, Our Father and the Twists and Turns. But it is, yeah, Power Trip and some other things as well. <laughs> so, uh, wow. yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you'll like it, mate, if if like is the the right word to use. Um, yeah. Intrigued by it, at the very least. What was that other one that we watched where it was, um, uh, oh, he, 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 oh, she went off with, was it like? Oh, a, was um, it? Abduct, abducted in plain sight. Plain sight. In plain yeah. sight. That was another weird one, wasn't oh it? Oh my god, that was that's still high watermark. Yeah, that is for the twists and turns that that one took <laughs> was um, crazy. There's, there's a few good ones in this, mate. There, are, as mm. well as the actual just ongoing horror as um, more more stories come out about this guy. It's, it's terrible, mm. really terrible. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. So there you go, two documentaries. Excellent. Mm. Which uh, which that just leaves me with four films before the double dip. Right. Well, I'll I'll pick four films to match yours then, I guess, so that we're we're on par with each other. So, shall I go first? Yeah, yeah. Quickly? Jump in, mate. So, I suppose this is just a bit of a tale as to um, I suppose have an open mind and you know never judge a book by its cover and whatever cliche you want to use. Because so yeah. Kay and I have got we've got the Cine World Cine passes, which um, I tend to use more often than she does, but the Downton Abbey a new era movie has been out uh, recently and she is a big Downton Abbey fan. I'm not, I've never watched it at all. Um, It's something that she used to watch with her mom and uh, you know, she's enjoyed it ever since it's been on TV. Are you a Downton Abbey fan at all? Never seen it in my life. No. Okay. Does Tina watch it? I don't think she might've caught the odd episode, but I don't think she's like an avid, viewer of it i could be wrong she's probably listening to this and thinking what you don't know that i'm a big fan as far as i know as far as i know i'd say oh what was that quiz show where like married couples would go on and they'd they'd ask questions about each other that's it if i was asked this question i i would have to say no she doesn't watch it 
Okay, fair enough. Um, so anyway, so I, I'm the same. It's one of those things. It's just never interested me at all. And so, but anyway, the she wanted to go and watch the new movie, and I, at the beginning, kind of flat out refused to go and watch it because it's not for me, and I'm not watching. I don't know the characters. I don't know the series. I, I've I've seen. I've caught glimpses of it so i know people like lord grantham i know who he is he's uh hugh bonneville and and maggie smith dame maggie smith's in it and you know so i know of it but yeah, i've just never yeah. watched any of it so anyway we, we've kind of made this little pact i guess whatever you want to call it with ourselves that um on a sunday we'll get my mom to look after the kids and then we'll go to the cinema in the morning we'll have a coffee and we'll get a little you know um, muffin or something from what oh. it's usually a Starbucks or a Costa or something there. Sunday morning uh, muffin, that's the way. Once you've got the kids out of the house, mate, there's no better way to start the day. <laughs> I know. So, um, so anyway, and we do, we sit in the back row as well. Oh, so, uh, you dirty buggers. I know, with people watching us. Oh, you've. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I, uh, so we started, so I kind of said, oh, fine, I'll, I'll go and watch it with you after a bit of protestation um and it, this is kind of like well, i'm not going to go into this the, the actual film itself but i suppose this is the thing isn't it you should never judge a book by its cover because yeah, yeah, yeah. i actually really enjoyed it it was it felt like you know people who've watched the tv show will know more about it will get more out of it than somebody who hasn't because they'll know the characters but mm. i never really felt that i was left out particularly i laughed god i even cried a little bit as well during one of the scenes <laughs> um so We've been doing that. And then, so following on from that, we watched, and I know you've watched this, um, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which a lot of people have been talking about and talking up. I knew nothing about it at all, really. Um, And I'm not really going to say anything about it now, other than I loved it and Kay hated it. Um, And so I think it's quite high concept. It takes elements of different things like the matrix and multiverses and various other bits and pieces. It's quite funny. It's quite touching. Um, and, and, but of all the, the, the stuff that's going on visually and it's a very visual film, there's a lot of kinetic stuff happening and, and whatever for me, that's kind of almost like a bit of a sideshow. It's the actual, there's a, there's a real kind of heart to it that I took away from it. And, um, about appreciating, life uh you know whatever your circumstances and we all get dragged dragged down at points in our lives with things and i think it was it, for me i took away yes there's all of the other weird and wacky wonderful stuff going on but i thought to me there's that kind of element of being in the moment you know and appreciating the the time that we are here for the, the short time that we are all here on this planet mm-hmm. and enjoying each other and ourselves and, I, and that's what i took away from it yeah. and then it's interesting because looking at your letterbox i mean i gave it five stars i absolutely loved it and i loved i think it's highly recommend watching it on a big screen as well because it is a like i said a very visual film mm. but now that you gave it a slightly lower score i think it a, lot, curious, a lot lower <laughs> I, I, yeah curious yeah. to hear your thoughts on it because i think tina she was she quite liked it she, from she really enjoyed it yeah she really enjoyed it i it was one of those films where it had just an indescribable something missing from it where i couldn't engage with it Mm. and one of those where you know i'll I'll get i'll be in the movie you know when i get really locked into a film it's like i'm in the film with them and there was just something stopping me from doing that with this one and it was annoying me I don't know. There was something, and it, 
thinking back to it now, because it's had mostly like really good reviews every year. Tom thought it was fantastic as well. And I, I don't know, I cannot put into words what it is about it that stopped me from enjoying it. But there, were, there was something there. Mm. And no matter what, I just, I know I just couldn't get into it. And again, I, d- I don't know why. Maybe it'll be worth a rewatch at some point in the future. You know, maybe I just wasn't in the right mood to watch it. I, I don't know. But it just wasn't for me on that particular evening that we put it on. Yeah, it's one of those, I must admit, for the first sort of like maybe 20 or 30 minutes, it took me a while to get into it as well because mm. I just didn't know what was going on. Um, and and there was weird things happening. But then when it did click into place um, and... I thought, okay, yeah, I'm with this now. I'm totally in. But then, like I said, I think it has got the potential to be a bit of a Marmite film because, like I said, Kay really didn't like it at mm. all. Um, so, but no, I thought it was great. Um, and then, so just going on to our, again, just kind of finish up with this little kind of um, cinema thing. But we've watched Top Gun Maverick. Oh, uh, I still want to watch that. Oh, uh, if you, I mean, I know it's difficult, but if you do get a chance, watch it on the cinema has uh, been the biggest screen possible. So we watched Top Gun the night before and I'm not a massive fan of Top Gun. I must admit it's one of those films that came out in 1986. So I would have been 10. Mm. So I wouldn't have been able to watch it at the cinema because it was a 15 and um, I watched edited versions, bits of it when it was on like ITV or whatever. So I've never really been a huge fan of Top Gun. Um, and so we watched it. And it is so unbelievably cheesy, you know, it really is, um, you know, just the, the whole, the, the dialogue, the, the stuff that's going on in it. There's the, 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 the infamous, you know, homosexual undertones or whatever. Oh, I mean, you know, if you buy into all of that stuff, but still, but it's just, it's, 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 it's dated. I'll, you know, you can say it's a dated movie and, um, it's of its time. And, and you know, you'd imagine watching it at the cinema back then, it looked visually stunning, you know, with this, all the cockpit stuff, all the flying mm. stuff. And that was the thing, isn't it? It was kind of almost like a bit of, re- re- I think it was criticised at the time of being a bit of a recruitment drive for the um, the Air Force yeah. uh, and the Army or whatever in, in America. So anyway, cut to, is it 36 years later? Um so we're at the Top Gun Maverick again. Didn't really have any real high expectations for it because you think when it was announced, you're thinking, hmm, I don't know, you know, mm. is it going going back to the well? Isn't it? It's, yeah. It's something that we really need. Is it something that you know? Is it just so? Um, cut to the chase. I thought it was amazing. It was. It re- the, I mean, if you think that the the you know the the visuals and the flying and everything in the Top Gun was good. It's kind of like you almost imagine what it was like for audiences back then to see this in the cinema. Because seeing the stuff now, it looks amazing. It looks real. It looks like they are flying these planes, and I think they probably they, were. They at some are. Point. Yeah. There's no. Um, there's no CG. Apparently, they do. They're flying everything. So it's it's crazy. Yeah. It, it's genuinely amazing to watch. Um, but not only for and and the thing is with the, the good thing about the film is that it, it acknowledges. The things that people liked about the original so I mean, it even starts with um like it's pretty much like a copy of the start of um the original top gun hmm. where you see planes take off from an aircraft aircraft carrier and danger zones playing but then so it it, it, it sort of tracks the the characters so you got pete 
Maverick and Pitt Mitchell, uh, played by Tom Cruise. And then it's what happened to him, you know, and he's still dealing with a lot, you know, losing Goose um, and kind of carrying that baggage. And now his son, Goose, his son's um, in in the, the um, Air Force. And he's, you know, Tom Cruise got to uh, teach these new young pilots um, because there's this mission, a deadly mission that nobody's going to survive and only he can teach them. And, you know, are they going to do it? Aren't they going to do it? And then, there's other things, uh, recurring characters that from the previous movie, and it's honestly a really engaging story. A really, I mean, I you know, I think I cried three times. There's a theme here. <laughs> that, <laughs> cry, I cried every everything everywhere all at once as well. So that's like three cinema trips I've cried at. Um, so you know, there's uh, there's definitely I think kids have ruined me emotionally. Yeah, but um, no. So it, Top Gun Maverick was just thrilling really amazing to watch um really engaging story tom cruise uh like kay even said he looks better now than he did back then you know he was 60 the other day i know i saw that on imdb because it has every day like there's uh tv and movie stars birthdays and i have a little look i can't believe that i mean next year he's doing a new mission impossible movie which is coming out and that's you know some insane insane stunts as usual you'd imagine but but um yeah, he he's fantastic. It's it's just a really really good movie, um, and it's done so well at the box office. I mean, it's got to be get, coming up to nearly a billion dollars, mm. I guess. Um, it's it's awesome. Really really loved it. And I say, if you can get to watch it at the cinema, then I'd definitely recommend it. Yeah, it'd be. I'd love to see it in IMAX. Really would. Yeah, yeah. That's what we watched it in, and it was awesome. Yeah. Really good. Ah, oh, we, we shall see. Fingers but crossed. there you go. That's uh, we, we we've kind of because we've had loads of things going on. We haven't been able to go. But so I'd like to watch the new Elvis movie. Yeah. Uh, again, yeah. I think it's just because there's stuff on. You know that um, I'm not bothered. I, sorry, I'm taking over a little bit here. But uh, the new Thor films out today, and oh, I couldn't I've, be less asked. I have, well, you know me, and you know the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Anyway, I've, I'm out, um, and this. Just doesn't interest me. I was watching Mark Kermode. Uh, his, yes, his I watched that too. Yeah, yeah. He, the guy he slated it, didn't he? As yeah. Well. Uh, but yeah, I've got I've got no interest in watching that whatsoever. Yeah, so I will go and watch it because again, it's part. Of, you know, we've got a cinema pass, so might as well go and use it. And um, but then, like um, Simon Mayo enjoyed it. So, but well, yeah, yeah, it, it's one of those where. Do genuinely feel now that after Endgame and all the Avengers stuff, everything post Avengers has just either been mediocre or I've not even bothered. I didn't bother watching the Eternals um, because I just heard it was that, that bad. Yeah, I and, heard that was bad. We watched we watched the latest Doctor Strange the other day because because Tina yes. wanted to watch it and you know it's it's not fair because she wanted to watch it and I'm going no and stamping my feet and saying no it's an MCU I'm not watching it and then throwing something at the wall. So I put it on. Oh God! And like, surprise, surprise! There's, there's. Oh look, here's a superhero fighting a monster in a city, as bits of the buildings are being destroyed. Yawn. Oh, here's a superhero fighting another superhero. Yawn. And it was just. Oh, I've just seen it all before. And CG overload. Even Tina didn't like it <laughs> she was going and she loves the doctor strange movies and um she didn't like it i'm just i'm just so out of them it looks just no no it's, it's just gonna be 
it's just going to be a shit ton of CG and superheroes fighting monsters and other superheroes and just a little twists on it here and there. I've, I've, I've had enough. I enjoyed the ones I saw. And then it got to the point where I would it, no, they were just boring me senseless. Hmm. I, I watched that at the cinema as well. And, um, I it's very average for me. I, I mean, I, I was more intrigued because it's Sam Raimi, and I think yeah. it's Sam Raimi's yeah. first big budget movie that he's done for a long time. Obviously, you know, he helped to kickstart a lot of this with the Super, uh, Superman, Spider Man movies. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's a strange one for me because it's kind of it feels like it's two kind of move two movies almost a little bit. Um, I've got. A couple of criticisms, well, more than a couple, but I'll, the, the two main criticisms I've got is that um, if you haven't watched WandaVision, which is the Disney Plus TV series, which I've watched bits of and I kind of get a bit bored of. I don't know. Have you watched WandaVision? No, Tina watched that. I didn't. Right. So I've heard that's decent, but again, I don't know what it was. I just, I never followed through with it. I just never, it, it never really engaged me. It did get better as it went on, but I just... People always going about, oh, it's it's the best Marvel TV show. But then after that, they're all very average. So there was like the Winter, what was it, the Winter Soldier yeah. and Falcon, and then others. And and if that's the high pot point, then <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'm missing out on much. <laughs> but that's the annoying thing is that you kind of feel like you have to watch them because yeah. yeah. otherwise you're going to miss out on stuff. So there was all that stuff with her in it as as the, the main antagonist. So I kind of felt like I was missing a little bit with that, and. Then my friend made a good point is in as much as so, so because it's a bit all about multiverses and whatever. So, and and uh, it, um, Doctor Strange goes to a multiverse where there is an alternate Captain America and there's an alternate, um, oh, I don't know who the fuck it was now, but there's alternate versions of or alternative versions of these characters that are super powerful, um, in this realm. And they just get fucked up so easily in and 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 <laughs> in, in in that multiverse. It's like, well, well, how does that work? Because if these ones are super powerful in this multi in this universe, why aren't they super powerful in that? They just seem to get killed really quickly. Uh, but anyway, so there's that, and it also feels a bit like it was two films. Like it kind of felt like there was the standard uh, superhero, like you said, CG bollocks. Mm. Um, and then there was the Sam Raimi stuff, which you could see because there were elements of his trademark, you know, his horror, his weird skewed camera angles and, you know, the, 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 you know, certain horror elements that he brings to his films and the way the camera moves and everything else. And it quite, it almost reminded me a little bit of, um, the first Ant-Man, which I quite enjoyed, but again, that was two kind of felt like two films because that was originally Edgar Wright was directing that and on board for it. And then he moved off to do something else. And then Peyton Reed came on board and finished it off or, you know, kind of made the film, but that felt like it had, if anybody has ever watched any Edgar Wright films or any of his TV stuff like spaced, you know, the snappy dialogue, the sharp movements, the camera movements, all that kind of stuff that felt like it was Edgar Wright doing that, but then mm -hmm. it wasn't actually him that was making the film. So it all felt, felt a little bit disjointed. And that's what this feels like, because I, I, I think, I'm right in saying that the guy who did the, the most recent, is it the black phone or the one with Ethan Hawke? Oh, um, no. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, is it the black phone? It's the black. It's, it, I think it is. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. So that's just come out recently in cinemas, and that's you know get, getting decent reviews and whatever. But the guy who directed that, I think, was on board to, to do this, but then he stepped away, and then Sam Raimi stepped in, and so it almost I don't know. It just feels a little bit disjointed. Mm. So I think what I would have liked to have seen was more of a Sam Raimi film, as a although it's got his name on it. Yeah, I don't know. It just didn't feel. It felt like there's bits of him, but not everything. Mm. In the end, I've just gone around in the houses but i should have just said it yeah it was pretty average at best <laughs> you know it wasn't great it genuinely wasn't a great film and i think that's the thing that, that they're going to struggle with now is that at least with the previous movies i know you kind of stepped out of them a little bit you got the big tentpole ones and then you got the ones that built up to it introducing new characters whereas like everything after endgame it just feels inconsequential it just doesn't feel like you know the whole thing with that was that thanos is coming and thanos is going to destroy the universe and whatever or destroyed the earth and or half of the population mm. and that was the, that was kind of the thing wasn't it but now well, what what what's the point where, where's this all leading to? It doesn't feel like it's it's leading to anything. I've, it'd be interesting to see whether these films do run out of steam. I don't know if they will, because I think they're always going to make money. But yeah. There's yeah. got to come a point, surely, where just it's people are just going to... Well, the point that I hit a few years ago, which was before Endgame, and it was just like, no, I've had enough of this now. Um, especially when you compare it to... Well, something we're going to talk about later. Yes, yes, so, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Which I'm sure we'll get into. So, yeah. I mean, Iron Man, amazing. You know, ones after that, really loved. But I think they're just going to the well too often now and just scooping up the same things. Yeah. But in different portions. So, I mean, fair play if you enjoy them. That That's fine, you know. But each to their own. I, I'm out and I've got no interest. Yep. Mm. Cool. I've got one more, which is more of a personal thing, but Ooh. it's. Uh, but I'll let you jump in because I feel like I've talked for a long time. Go on then. I'll jump in with. Um, okay, let's start with this one. We've talked about Norwegian disaster films in the past on this show, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying that you've seen two of the big ones that we talked about with the wave uh, mm. and the quake. Oh, you... I don't think we watched The Quake. We watched we The Wave. The yeah, because in The Quake, it's still um, the same main character is in it from The Wave. So that that's quite interesting. Uh, I've got a new Norwegian disaster film for you. Oh, they love it, don't they? Oh, yeah. And they, oh, there's, there's, you know, there's many more than that. We've been going through loads of Norwegian disaster films, but I've picked this one to talk about. It's called um, The Burning Sea. Uh, it's listed as North Sea on IMDb, but if you put in the Burning Sea from from 2021, uh, it's now we're in 44 minutes, and it's directed by the guy that directed uh, The Quake. It's what I love about Norwegian disaster films is you've got the disaster, obviously, and they're on a limited budget, but despite that, the effects the effects are pretty decent for the you know when you look at the budget of the film. And, you know, and they sell what's going to happen. Um, so in this one, there's um, there's this massive, this massive uh, like sort of split in the sea, and all the, the, this section of the sea where there's like a shit ton of oil rigs, and they all start collapsing. You know, the the legs that they're on start collapsing, and the the oil pipes where they're drilling they snap, and oil's pumping out into the sea. 
and it sets on fire and, you know, hence the burning sea. But the Norwegian ones, despite having a really good disaster happening, it's always, it focuses on the characters and you get really, they draw you in. You have like a shit ton of empathy for the characters and what they're going through on this. And it's a little bit telegraphed, of course, in, in places in this, you know, from the beginning, who's going to end up on one of these oil rigs that's collapsing and is collapsing and, you know, he's going to be in peril. He's going to try and save the day. But because you're so you're so engrossed in the characters and are rooting for them, it's come on, come on, you've got to do this, you've got to you've got to do that. We loved it, and again, well, not just Norwegian disaster films. We watch a lot of Norwegian films, and there's just something about them that I I really love. And yeah, and and again, if you haven't watched the Wave or the Quake. Watch those in that order as well. Watch The Wave and then watch The Quake uh, and then watch The Burning Sea. The Burning Sea isn't as good, I don't think, as the previous two, but it's still very good and rec definitely recommended. Mm. Excellent. I will watch those because what we enjoyed The Wave. It was really good. Um, and it's one of those where it had the spectacle, but like you said, it focused on the characters, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you've got to watch The Quake next then, mate. You, you've got to watch that one. They are so, so good. Uh, one that's so different to that, this is from 2020, and it's a film called The Duke. Uh, again, just over an hour and a half. It's not a long film. Based on a true story. So in 1961, uh, the nation bought Goya's painting of The Duke of Wellington for £140,000 which in today's money is just over three million pounds. And, um, oh my God, this is crazy because <laughs> it's it's based on, again, true story, a 60-year-old taxi driver um, called Kempton Bunton. Awesome name, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, and he, st he steals this painting, the Duke of Wellington, from the National Gallery in London, the only time anything has ever been stolen from there. And it's this 60-year-old taxi driver. <laughs> uh, and he's he's for the people. He's a pensioner, and you see him, and he's watching the, the TV. And um, because it's the early 60s, they've got the old TV van outside, you know, with a big sort of dish on it that used to drive around trying to catch people watching the television that hadn't bought a licence. And they knock on the door and he says, uh, and they say, oh, you're watching the television. You've got to pay the license. And he goes, no, I'm not watching BBC. I can't because I've taken, you know, like the tube thing out in the TV that would pick up BBC. Um, and that's that's one of his things. He, he's sort of protesting about why should pensioners have to pay the TV license? You shouldn't have to. You've worked all your life and it should be one of those. It's one of the rare pleasures that you get as a pensioner. You know, it's comfort in the home for them. It's entertainment. You shouldn't have to pay for this, and um, yeah, he's he's he, he's got all these different things that he, he's chomping at the bit for for the people, and yeah, this I'm not going to say how, but this hundred and forty thousand pound painting, like I say, three million pound in today's money, ends up in the wardrobe at his little house, his terraced house, and of course the nation's going crazy again. True story, uh, and then the story is, of course, what's going to happen. He wants to use the money 
he wants to ransom it um, and, and write to the National Gallery and, and say, um, obviously not giving the game away, who he is. I've got it. Here's the ransom money. It's £140,000, and he's going to use all of the money to buy TV licenses for pensioners across the country. That's, that's what he wants to do. Uh, and it's, oh, it's one of those warm films, again. And Jim Broadbent plays the, the lead character of Kempton Bunton, and he's, he's amazing in it. <laughs> There's, um, and it's a mixture of genuine laughs. And like we were saying with Ted Lasso, you know, it's laughs, you care for the characters, there's emotional bits in it, and you're rooting for them. You know, especially you're rooting for this Kempton Bunton because of the character that he is and what he wants to do with the money. It's not about him. And there's some, I'm not going to say any more because there's some really good things in it that's happening. Um, and you'll go, you won't go like you do when you watch Our Father and you're going, what the fuck? But there is a few things you're going, oh my words. And uh, especially considering it's a true story. So yeah, if you if you want a nice, smiley, feel-good film that's just over an hour and a half, um, get onto the Duke. Mm, that mm. sounds really good. Mm. What's that on? I can't remember what it is. I think it was on. I think it was on Amazon. It's either it'll be it's Amazon or Netflix over here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's go the complete opposite to that. Let's do a one eighty and talk about a film from nineteen seventy seven, starring uh, one of Tina's favorite actors. It's the reason that we put it on. Franco Nero. Um, she has a thing for Franco and. Um, <laughs> I won't tell you what that thing is, but I'm sure you can guess. <laughs> and uh, this, this is so sleazy. Oh, it's it finishes. It's 98 minutes long. It finishes and you want to strip off and get a wire brush and some Dettol and clean yourself off. It is, oh, it's one of those films. Uh, mm -hmm. David Hess is in it right? Playing your typical David Hess character. It's about a couple and a married couple, Franco Nero being um, the husband um, and Corrine Clary, I think is the pronunciation of her name, uh, is the wife. So they're playing Walter and Eve and they're driving across what's supposed to be. The, they're making their way like towards, um, they're in California, right? It's quite obviously not California. That's one of the, the hilarious bits all the way through of how they're trying to, to sell what I presume is Italy uh, as California. It's There's some amazing things they do. They go into this store and to sell it as America, they've got like a, a cardboard cutout of Colonel Sanders stood up in there and all sorts of weird shit. But anyway, they're driving across country and they pick up this hitchhiker. I haven't even said what it's called yet. It's called Hitchhike. And um, Hitch hyphen hike. Uh, they pick up this hitchhiker, who who um, Franco Nero's character Walter. He doesn't want him to pick up. It, you know he hates everybody, and um, but but his wife saying no no we'll pick him up. He turns out to be absolutely bonkers. He's got I think it's two million dollars that he's robbed in. He's got it in a suitcase. Um, then. Because that, this hitchhiker is played by David Hess. Uh, obviously, things go a bit sideways by then. David Hess does what David Hess does in a lot of films. Uh, there's, uh, it gets a bit rapey. Uh, it gets a bit, <laughs> gets a bit, uh, gets a bit gropey. Um, 
oh, it's horrible. But the thing is, right, Walter, Franco Nero, he's such a despicable character as well. He's terrible to his wife. Um, and, you know, the wife gets the blunt end from both of them, if you'll pardon the phrase. Um, <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah, again, I don't want to give too much away, but it's violent. Um it's 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 just it's a sleaze fest it really is one of those so if you're in the mood don't put it on if you think oh i need cheering up don't put hitchhike.com but if you're if you're in the mood for one of those really sleazy mid-70s um films with sex and violence and some good twists in it some really good twists and some great characters in it then get yourself onto hitchhike which is really is the polar opposite of the duke which i talked about before this mm. and looking at this you've you've um i've learned something new so the actress who plays the wife mm. uh kareen cleary yeah she was in a film i watched recently as well moonraker um, oh yes she's the woman who shows uh bond around the drax estate mm. and then he ends up shagging her and she ends up getting eaten by a dog um, which, uh, so there you go. Well, I've just tied oh, nice that one. together. Very good. Um, <laughs> I'll say, I'll say this last film before I pass it to you for your film. Uh, this one, I do have to say out of anything we've ever talked about in the history of these entertainment shows, this more than any deserves a vegan alert. Whee! Whee! It is a French film from 2021. Uh, 87 minutes long. It's called Some Like It Rare or Barbecue, as it's called in France, with that pronunciation. <laughs> and it's it's a middle-aged couple. They own a butcher's. I mean, there's a vegan alert to start with. <laughs> and they've been working there for about 20 years. Um, zero love life. They're getting on each other's nerves. You see them in the shop to begin. And the wife is stood there. There's a customer in the butcher's. And the husband, um, so it's Pascal and Sophie are the, as the couple. And the husband is, is meticulously slicing this ham, like wafer thin. And he's got to beat it first and make it all just as he needs it. You know, he's taking ages and she's like bored shitless and thinking, for fuck's sake, cut the meat, serve the customer. Let's get out of here. Uh, but, and their, their business is in trouble. They're not doing very well. They've got a couple of wealthy friends who also own, a, but they own a chain of butchers. And they're so up their own arse and they're constantly just bragging about how much money they've got and how well their chain of butchers is doing. So anyway, in a way that I'm not going to tell you how this happens, but um, Sophie and Pascal end up serving human meat in their in their mm. butcher's shop. Not any old human meat. They end up they end up killing vegans. Of all no way. Seriously, I was like, oh my God, if if she ever watches this. Has <laughs> uh, she? Has she watched it? I haven't. I, you know what, mate? I haven't looked. I, was, I scrolled through hers before I came on air and I couldn't see it. Um, so maybe she has, maybe she hasn't. If she knows what it's about, I'm sure she, she wouldn't do because it would just be one massive list of vegan alerts. Um. So <laughs> his his wife doesn't know that it's, you know, vegans to begin with, um, but she soon does. This meat 
to say it gets popular is an understatement. People love it. He sells it as, I think he sells it as it's uh, Iranian ham. Uh, and he's got, he's got, he's got this special supplier uh, in Iran supplying him this the, the meat, and oh yeah, and they're charging a fortune for it, and the whole of the of the village is loving it. But of course, to keep the supplies going, he's got to keep killing vegans. So <laughs> some of the things they get up to, it's one of those that is, it's black humour, mate. It's really dark black humour. Uh, violent, funny, um, yeah, and they they just get themselves in such a twist trying to keep this going and to to keep the shop going and to have money while hunting vegans. <laughs> and it's it is really really good. Um, a few little shocking bits in it. We go, whoa, fucking hell! It's it's not very bloody. But when the blood happens, there's some cracking bits in it, mate. There really is. But yeah, if you're into dark humour, I mean, serving, you know, vegan meat, literally made from vegans in the butchers, if that interests you, get onto this. It was one of the favourite films that I've watched uh, since we last recorded. There's a film I remember watching a few years ago. Is it, it was called Eating Raoul. Mm. Is that, that sounds similar. Is that... Um... A sort of similar theme where they kill people I don't, and they don't know what they do with the bodies, whether they actually sell them for meat or they sell them for like dog food and stuff. Oh, but okay. I seem to remember that it's got a very similar type of, yeah. um, cause there's been a few films recently, um, about eating human flesh. We talked about one in the last episode, but the name escapes me. Um, but the, over the years, there's been quite a few films to do with this, but the way that they do it and they skewer it. So, it has to be specifically vegans that they kill. Nice. I like <laughs> it that. It is, is a nice little touch. But yeah, if you like um, very dark humour and some good um, some good blood splattering now and again, get onto some Like It Rare. I think it's on... Where did we watch it? Oh, I bought... That was it. I'm pretty sure I bought it on YouTube. Uh, it was on sale for 99 pence. It's the oh. it's the first film that I've ever bought on YouTube. Yeah. Um, because it, it's not often you see them that, you know, films for sale on there, uh, I'm, though I'm sure there's thousands, because, you know, I just subscribe to your normal YouTube channels that put stuff out for free, mm -hmm. like the BBC Archive that I mentioned earlier. Uh, but, yeah, I came across this and it just happened. And it had been on my watch list on Letterboxd for ages. And then... It must have been because I'd searched for it on YouTube in the past. It come up. Oh, it's it's now on sale for ninety nine p. So I bought it. Oh well, yeah. I, yeah it's one of those weird things because remember Cobra Kai started life on YouTube, yeah. didn't it? And yeah. It's it just seems well wrong <laughs> to buy <laughs> stuff does. off YouTube. Yeah, but I thought because I'd wanted to watch it for so long, I thought for under a quid, uh, and it was well worth it. It's one I do want to pick it up on physical disc. Um, you know, if and when I can on Blu-ray, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Mm. So, shall I tell you my little tale of um, something that has been well since 1982? Oh, you <laughs> get your little tale out, mate. Uh, so, yeah, since 1982. So we are coming up. Well, what is it? What are we on? Forty, 40 years. Forty years. Forty years in the making. So, a film released in 1982 by Steven Spielberg. Um, 
a little movie called E.T., The Extraterrestrial. So I watched this in the cinema when I was a kid. I remember my mum taking me to watch it and it, all I can remember of it, and it still haunted me up until I recently watched it, um, was just crying for what seemed like the longest time being upset with the film. Um, and it's a strange one, E.T., because I used to work with somebody who would only have to hear the John Williams score and would burst into tears. <laughs> 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 Which, I, you know, it would be interesting to know if any other people... And the thing is, I mean, the, the score, it does have that emotion. I like a lot of John Williams stuff. You yeah, know, it, yeah. It, yeah, it's not... Uh, so anyway, I have always refused to watch uh, E.T. ever since then because I just... it. All, my memory of it is being upset in the cinema and crying. The strange thing is, is that I watched Jaws um, and that scared me. Mm. That scared me a lot. You know, I didn't watch it at the cinema, but I watched it on TV. So it scared me so much so. I remember being in my nan's house... And I'd have my legs sort of like draped over the sofa. I was lying down, but I got my legs draped over the sofa. And because Jaws was on, I'd put my legs on the sofa. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can relate to that, mate. Definitely. Do you know what I mean? Because you think, oh, there's fucking sharks going to eat me or something. It's like ones with, I'd watch horror films when I was like a kid and then get in bed. And I don't know why, I like my hands sort of hanging over the bed and sometimes like a leg hanging over something like that i'm hardly in the bloody bed most of me is hanging off the bloody side of it but i couldn't i couldn't have my hand out of the, out of like the sheets of the duvet in the bed hanging out because i'd watched a horror film because i thought something like a hand would come up from underneath the bed and grab my hand it was things like yeah. oh. so it's it, just the same as you with jaws on the couch it's a strange one so and so and i've watched jaws countless times it's a it's a brilliant brilliant film so but so, you know, you think a film that scared me mm. as, a, as opposed to a film that traumatised me because uh, of the emotion in it and everything. I just, you know, it's a strange one. But anyway, so my wife, I've told my wife this story years ago and she thought it was hilarious and she's always teased me. So she watched GT, she watched GT. And like, and then um, we'd, obviously we never got the kids and it, it's essentially, I suppose, it's a kid's film, isn't it? You know, yeah, so... Yeah. I kind of, I relented in the end, and uh, well, I think it's one Saturday afternoon we put it on because it's on Amazon Prime, I think, or it was on Sky. I can't remember. It was on one of the subscription, excuse me, subscription services. And um, so I thought I was going to be a blubbering mess watching this <laughs> because it'd bring back all these memories. Yeah, and, yeah, of course. Now the weird thing f- for me was. For about an hour of it, I couldn't remember a great deal of it at all. I honestly couldn't remember much about this film. I couldn't remember how E.T. came to Earth. I couldn't remember, um, you know, hardly anything, how he looked up with the... I thought there was actually things that happened in it that didn't happen. That's kind of, I suppose, how your mind plays tricks on you over the years. But So I suppose from a kid's point of view, from my kids, they lost interest particularly my eldest uh who's 10 she lost interest in it quite quickly um i think i don't know what it was just didn't i don't know whether it was uh the alien itself et just didn't get now the weird thing is we watched short circuit uh a few weeks before that because you know we're on this kind of thing of watching you know old um 
TV, uh, sorry, old movies, you know, for, for kids. And so we watch Goonies and, you know, all Indiana Jones, all that sort of stuff. Um, so we, we watched Short Circuit and I haven't watched Short Circuit in years. And again, it's one of those that I, I didn't watch it at the cinema at the time, but I'd watched it on TV subsequently and enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Short Circuit. I think it's really <laughs> funny. It's yeah. really charming. It's 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 a really good film, and the kids loved it as well. So much so that um, they rewound the ending, um, and <laughs> uh, you know, because wanted to watch it again. Yeah. So, and ET and Short Circuit have got a lot of similarities. Um, with ET, obviously, alien comes to Earth, gets left behind, um, has to, you know, figure his own way, gets taken on with, you know, taken on with the family or humans, you know, young child, etc. And then, and short circuit similar as well, you know, he's a killing robot, and then he gets, uh, you know, changed, and he gets, you know, he's kind of goes all these whatever. Uh, uh, so anyway, going back to ET, it didn't make me cry, and I don't know how controversial this is. I honestly didn't think it was a very good film either. <laughs> I just, I don't, the, I don't know what it is about it, but I, I just found it a bit dull and um, just annoying. I don't know what it was about it. I, maybe it was my own prejudice, but after having watched it and resisted watching it for so many years, I just, I don't, no, possibly why it's revered as a classic that it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I know you've got your own thoughts on it, but I don't know. It's just, I, um, I, I'm glad I watched it because it's almost like I've exercised that demon, you know, I've kind of yeah, put it to bed yeah. and it's got no power over me anymore. Yeah. But at the same time, and this is possibly reflected in my own kids' uh, thoughts, that they didn't enjoy it either. Now, it is a bit dated, yes, but, you know, maybe it's possibly that it's just not a great film. It's definitely not one of Spielberg's best films, in my opinion, at all. It's nowhere near it. Um, and the funny thing is, right, so my wife told a nice little story um, about when she watched it as a kid that something cute that her mom did for her. So when E.T. flies off at the end and he's he's back with his family or whoever it is, you know, his friends, and but her mom would always rewind it to the point where he would be on uh you know he'd be on this planet and and he and he's like he came back and then she'd turn it off (laughs) 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 which i think is lovely you know that's that's a lovely thing to do isn't it so it's like he flew off but then he missed elliot so much he came back and then she turned it off (laughs) which is lovely um but no i i genuinely don't think it's a great film i don't think it's um I don't know. It's it's very, 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 very sentimental, and I think very manipulative as well. Which, looking at it from a point of view of the stuff at the end, where you know ET dies, and then uh, you, I don't know. It just ling- it lingers quite a lot on Elliot, and I think it's just I don't know. I didn't I didn't like it. So there you go. But anyway, that's my own little tale on an ET. People are going to swear at me and tell me I'm an idiot, but I don't care. That's but, all right. Uh, they can swear at me even more because I still haven't even watched it. So Ever? Ever, no. Oh, sorry, I've just bought it for you. <laughs> no, well, the thing is, the reason why the reason why I haven't watched it is the first film that I remember being so hyped up, like over-hyped up everywhere because... Uh, 
it, it was just everywhere and everybody was watching it and going, you've got to see E.T., you've got to watch E.T., you've got to watch E.T., oh, it's amazing, you've got to watch it. And it was just everything. It was all on the TV. It was everything. And it I, it got to the point, Tina will tell you, I'm the most stubborn person going, so telling me constantly, you've got to do that, you've got to... And the more you tell me, the more I'm going to go. Oh, no, I'm not then. No. And I got so fucked off with this constant barrage of on the TV and everybody I knew going, you've got to watch E.T., I even had, so I got a plain T-shirt. And you know those sort of plastic stencils um, with letters and numbers in that you put on paper and you draw in them and it makes letters? I got one of those and I got some white fabric paint on this plain, I can see it now, this plain, it was a dark grey T-shirt. And I wrote on it using this plastic stencil thing that I'd got, I hate E.T. <laughs> and I had that T-shirt for ages and ages and I refused to watch it. And then it got to the point like years and years down the line where I just got, I got, I'd lost interest and I didn't want to watch it. And it's been 40 years now and I still haven't watched it. And I've said, and I've said this for years now, I will watch it. I will watch it if anybody, and there you go. Here's, here's a little, um, a little challenge to people out there. I've said, I will watch it if anybody can get me an interview show with either Drew Barrymore or Steven Spielberg. If that Ooh. happens... If that happens, I'll watch E.T. If it doesn't, I'm going to leave this earth having never watched it. So, there. I, I'm sure people are more mad at me now than they are at you going, you're fucking idiot. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, like I said, it's a bit one of these beloved films, isn't it? But mm. I don't know. I just, yeah, it's, it's not for me. No. So, But I'm glad I watched it. So it's, it's yeah. out of the way now. It's done. It's done. Well out of the way that's that's all our usual recommendations mate before we get to the double dip mm. mm-hmm. we didn't here's us you know extolling our own virtues at the beginning what we didn't do we didn't decide what order we're going to do them in well should we do forces of nature first we shall do that one because without preempting anything so let's get that out of the way <laughs> okay then <laughs> i'm sure that's given nothing away whatsoever so uh yeah we'll be back in a few minutes after You've listened to this. And now, preview time. When it comes to entertainment, you can't beat a good film. So let's take a look at what's coming your way. I need your help. I'm staying here. I'm not leaving. It's a Category 5 hurricane going on outside. You forgot about that. I think it's a 5 already. There is a storm right now, 160 miles per hour. To perhaps devastate Puerto Rico. Your dad doesn't want to leave. I can't force him. Help me get him out of this building. Policia! Take it easy. Take it easy. Let's go! Let's go! Come here. Watch it, sweetheart. Where are they? Ah. He's part of a crew. He does high-end heist job. I got a buddy downtown. He's been chasing these clowns for a month. They have a cop, too. What do you think these guys want? I might have a pretty good idea. $55 million. It's here in this building. That's blood money. If we're going to stand any kind of chance, we need all the firepower we can get. Stand back. 
We'll go floor by floor until we find them. They're gonna hunt us down. If you're trying to make an impression, now's the time. go remember shoot kill kid um that was mel gibson who stars in mm. he appears in uh force of nature from 2020 which is on amazon prime and this is our double dip section so this is where we pick film that neither of us have seen and this was my pick i was hoping to break the curse of the amazon prime <laughs> shit show <laughs> Um, with what was the last <laughs> film that we did was with Pierce Brosnan, The Misfits. Oh, God. oh, God, that was bad, wasn't it? That was bad. But is Force of Nature any better or worse? Mm. Um, we shall find out in a minute. So um, Force of Nature, as I mentioned, released in 2020. It is one hour, 31 minutes, uh, according to IMDb, although it felt longer. Um <laughs> Uh, directed by Michael Polish, stars Emil Hirsch, Mel Gibson, Kate Bosworth, uh, David Zayas, who people will recognise from uh, various TV and uh, movies. He was in Dexter. He was the bad guy in the original Expendables. Um, so, yeah, a decent cast. And I think what made me want to pick it was the poster. It's got, you know, Mel Gibson front and centre holding a gun. Um, and then you've got Emil Hirsch and Kate Bosworth as well. So the story goes, a gang of thieves plan a heist during a hurricane and encounter trouble when a cop tries to force everyone into the building to evacuate. Um, it's got a 4.5 out of 10 out of 11,000 reviews on IMDb. Uh, it's got a 29 meta score on Metacritic. I'll just read out a couple of the reviews. So the most positive one gives it 63, and this is by the Boston Globe. Force of Nature lives up, down, and sideways to all those demands. It's hardly a great film, but it keeps you watching and only partly in disbelief. And then the most critical one I will give to uh, something called Consequence, uh, whatever that is, who gives it zero out of um, 100 or 10 or whatever it is. It just says, save yourself from this disaster of a movie. (laughs) And there you go. Um, So, now, like I said, I picked it. I like Mel Gibson. Mm -hmm. Um, Emil Hirsch has been in some good stuff. Um, What could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Mm. So... What, what did you think of this? By the way, this film um, did disastrously, <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. 
at the box office um, had a huge budget as well, like $23 million, according to this. And its box office, again, according to Wikipedia, return was $638,000. Jeez. (laughs) A huge flop. Yeah. um, uh, It's fair to say. So there you are. Um, There you go. Right. What did you think? For me, this committed the cardinal sin of action movies in the fact that it was fucking boring. It was, I mean, that's the worst thing for me that an action film can be is mind numbingly boring. And it did not pass the clock test at all. Insofar as to say, I was constantly looking at the clock thinking, how long's left? How long's left? Is this really 90 minutes? Cause it seems to have been going on for hours and hours. I think my expectations were too high to begin with. Um, because I was expecting something along the lines of the far superior 1998 film Hard Rain, starring Morgan Freeman and Christian Slater, which I love. Mm. And yeah. I've owned, I bought that on Laserdisc, I've had it on um, DVD. Uh, I don't think I've got it on Blu-ray yet, though. And I wanted that, something along the lines of that. I got something that was nothing like it whatsoever. And you think by the title, Force of Nature... You think the weather would have a lot more to do with it than actually mm. happens. It's, you know, there's going to be, like in hard rain, you know, the the weather and, and the water, the actual rain does play a big part in it. And this, this, this hurricane that you know, is, is really built up at the beginning of the movie, it may as well not be in the film. It's just used, it's used as a plot point to keep these characters in this one location really, so they can't get out of this apartment block. And then they get in the eye of the storm and here's our chance to get out of here. There, It was like, why? Oh, and, and the, one of the places where the um, the thing that they're trying to sell, it's some uh, steal the artwork, is, is in, a, in a cellar and it's flooding, but it's, nothing comes of it whatsoever. And it, it insulted me as a viewer it treated me like I was like as thick as shit <laughs> because, and I hate that it, with, you know, with today's moviegoers, you know, with, we're intelligent. We don't need to be like just force fed these things and, and double checking. Oh, remember that thing that we made a really big point of pointing out earlier. Oh, well, it's before it's inevitably going to happen. We'll remind you about it again. It's the tiger or the, the, it's the jaguar or whatever yeah, the it's, it was. It's the thing. I mean, that's a, didn't pay off whatsoever. So no. this guy, so they go, so Emil Hirsch, it begins, doesn't it? And him and his girlfriend, who's also a cop, they're smooching in the car and then this call comes in and his missus says, oh, don't answer it, don't answer it. And, he, you know, he's a good cop, so he goes in. Uh, it's, it's They've had this call from this building that somebody's in there with a gun and uh, in he goes and he's knocking on doors. Where's the guy? Where's the guy? No, I don't know where he is. And then down the corridor, the door opens, and this hand holding a gun comes out. So Emil Hirsch, he just like, bang, 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 shoots, kills. Oh, oh, it's his it's his girlfriend that did, didn't listen to what he said, and has come in, uh, and he's killed her, and there wasn't, in fact, somebody with a gun in there. It was a false call. They, they called him in. Was it to do with, they got fed up of, of waiting for the police to come because there was, they were, it was like a noise complaint they originally made and the police didn't come. So he, he gets demoted in the police. And um, so he's wearing, you know, your police outfit, your, your light blue shirt. 
And they, so they go into this apartment block and bad guys come in there because they're going to steal this um, uh, artwork that's in there that's worth, it's Picasso, I think, that's worth millions. And <laughs> it sets up that this one, one apartment, this guy has got, we don't know, is it a tiger or is it a leopard or something like that? You know it's something like that because you only ever see it for quite literally a split second on screen. Um, and it, it's in your face. Oh, he only ever attacks um, people in police uniform. Mm. And you know at that point that the bad guy... Oh, is the bad guy at some point going to have to put on a police uniform? Uh. Oh, yes, he does. Um which for the reason why, which I completely forget why he had to put it on. I don't know if you can remember why he had to put on the police shirt. Uh, I think it was because they were going to, well, he didn't explain it very well, but I think they were going to use it as a way to escape because there had been a a telegraph pole that had gone into their car. So they were going to use the van, the police van. And I mean, why they'd need to put that uniform on. I don't know. I don't know. But it really was like forced down your throat. Oh, there's like a big, you know, nasty animal in there that's going to attack anybody wearing a police uniform. You go, okay, okay, it's going to happen at some point. So then the bad guy puts on the police shirt and just, and this is the bit that really fucking pissed me off about it. The bad guy and Emile Hirsch and all the characters walk back into this apartment and in the apartment, the guy has got this mannequin stood there with a police shirt on. It's obviously used for training whatever lies behind this, the vicious animals behind this door. And this police shirt is like ripped to shreds. And it's for some reason it's covered in blood, which I don't know how a mannequin can bleed. Maybe it has been feeding him on proper policemen. I don't know. But it's got, it cuts, it cuts from, oh, what does it they say? They say something to do with the animal. And then there's like a hard cut to the bad guy wearing a police shirt walking past this mannequin wearing a ripped and bloody police shirt as though to go, oh, remember, remember what we said about attacking? But it's like, I know you didn't need to do that because I know because you kept telling us earlier. Um, so that, yeah, it was, that was another big thing that pissed me off. And then when the fucking thing jumps out of the the room, it's it's like, click, gone. You, you can't even tell what it is properly. You know, obviously the budget didn't run to any sort of CG animals or anything like that. And they, why is it a 15? Why is this a 15? Um, there's the action, what little there is. I mean, the, the gunshots in it, there was no, there wasn't even any CG blood that I can remember. No. It's got a lot of swearing in it, but I think that's about it, really. That's about it, isn't it? I mean, I was swearing mostly through it, going, what the fucking hell is this? <laughs> it was, I think I was swearing more than I was on screen. But yeah, first and foremost, it was just that it was so boring. Waiting for something to happen, it was so dragged out. And I love Mel Gibson as an actor. I think he's great. And he's, he's in it a fair bit. He's like your grizzled ex-cop who's close to death and doesn't give a damn you know and joins in and starts shooting but even even the the um the few gunfights and that that were in it boring it's like mm. how how can you make an action film just so dull that that's the the one that got to me and and hence why i was checking the clock all the time going please let it end yeah 
that's that sort of sums it up for me, mate. There was not, I cannot pick, you know, usually you can think, well, it's got this in it, it's got that in it, and that was a good bit. I can't think of anything to go, well, that was pretty good. I mean, can you? Can you think of any positives to pull out of it? No, it was one of those where I kind of, I think, well, I enjoyed is probably the wrong word, but I tolerated it more than you did. But mm. I wouldn't it, mind if it was so bad it's good, but in those types of films, they're enjoyable. You know, there's bits to go, <laughs> that was absolutely ridiculously fucking awful, but fun and not just dull. Yeah. It's a funny one, isn't it? Because when I was watching it, and it, like you said, Mel, Mel Gibson's... I mean, um, Enel Hirsch is a deep, you know, fairly yeah. big star. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. You think, well, obviously I do. You know, like, um, Nick Cage is, is a, a point, you know, Bruce Willis. You know, they all make a lot of these shittier films, don't mm. they? Like, yeah, I suppose what you class as straight to video, straight to DVD or whatever they are. But, you know, you think... God, what the fuck? What attracted you to this? Mm. I can't imagine you got paid a shitload of money. I, I mean, the budget for it wasn't massive. I don't know. It's like, well, you know, you must have better things to do with your time. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're not really in it that much. Like no. I said, he's, he's in it a little bit. It's more of a cameo, I think, than anything yeah. else. But yeah. I mean, the thing that what annoyed me, I suppose, was Emil Hirsch's character, like you said, he's introduced um, and, you know, something goes wrong and then he's demoted to this um, desk cop or whatever. And, and then, you know, he, he just doesn't give a shit anymore about his job, um, like a beat cop kind of thing. But he does the thing where you're introduced to him in a bath and he puts a gun into mm. in, in, in his mouth. And I was like, that's, uh, you, you know, that was doing a really brilliant scene in lethal weapon yeah exactly yeah did did you do that as a bit of a homage did you do it as and that just annoyed me it's like the fact Mm. that it's there yeah it's like you know you've pretty much copied it but you've you've got no you've got no right to copy it because that was set up really well whereas with this you're just doing it because you can and i think Mm. that annoyed me from the start you know so kind of i mean like you said it's bollocks yeah but I didn't think it was as bad as um, the Misfits. That was really bad. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's you know, it's it's a it's a big steaming pile of shit compared to a small smaller piece of shit. <laughs> so it's not like a massive compliment, but it it it, it didn't feel as bad. That's that being it. said, it only warranted it an extra half a star, so I gave it one and a half stars oh. instead of. Like yeah. one or it's, half or whatever gave misfits. It's, it's still so, shit, but doesn't doesn't smell as bad. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, um, or even you know, it's like go. So the misfits was you go into a toilet and somebody's done a shit <laughs> and they've left it there and it stinks. Whereas perhaps um, uh, force of nature was you've done your own shit and you know it's still a shit. <laughs> Well, it's not, you know, it's like you don't mind your own smell. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. But anyway, um, and also, it, the one thing I suppose good thing that came out of it was, um, I've I've thought of a little, uh, not quiz, but to put you to your test, your movie going skills to, to the test. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of thinking, well, go in the future, if we watch a film and we both think it's shite. Yeah. Obviously, I'm going to have more time to think about it than you are. But but the, the, <laughs> I suppose the tables could be turned if if 
you know, it's a film that you pick that's crap and I then have to think about it on, on the spot. Yeah. Is with the actors that are in it, so we'll pick two, Mel Gibson and Emil Hirsch, mm. what other film would you recommend of theirs to go and watch instead of this? And also, you've said Hard Rain. My recommendation instead of this, well, I'll be honest, I haven't seen it for a few years, but I have watched it a few times. It's from 1992, which is Trespass, which has... Mm. A similar yeah. idea of two firemen going in to f- get some gold that they found out about, um, but it's in a ghetto and they witness a murder and then they're kind of hunted, you know, by the, the gangsters. And it's it's got a really good cast. Um, Bill Paxton, um, William Sadler, Ice-T, Ice Cube, and somebody you've interviewed before he sadly passed away a couple of years ago, um, Tiny Lister. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, I'd recommend people go and watch that instead because I think you'll get a lot more out of it. Directed by Walter Hill as well. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, think on your feet then. So uh, if you had to recommend a film that starred Mike, um, sorry, Mel Gibson, what would you pick? You know what? The first one that comes to mind, and it is one that I really like, and it's Braveheart. Ooh. I, yeah, I love that film. I love. I remember the first time that I watched it, and the end of it, because I got no idea what was going to happen. I was like, I was going to say I was gutted at the end, but that's no pun intended. Um, <laughs> I was, I was, I was. Oh, and I've watched it quite a few times over the years, and every time, I just really, really enjoy it. So I would say, because it, again, it was the first one that that came into my head. I would say uh, Braveheart. Cool. I'm going to go with um, not the usual suspects, but I'm going to go with a film from 1999 and it's payback. Um, mm, yeah. Because one. I think it's, it's similar themes, you know, kind of gangstery and, and he's a hitman, you know, and he just wants his 70 grand or whatever it is. Um, but I quite enjoy that. And also I've got a real soft spot for it because I remember it came out because this is the thing DVDs used to come out on a Monday. So I'd go, I went in, I had the day off it was a, t- a time when I'd got a DVD player and, you know, it was amazing and I loved it. Uh, and I went into town, I went to MCV and I bought it and I came home and I watched it um, and on that Monday. And I still remember that. So there you go. <laughs> what about Emil Hirsch? Any recommendations starring him? Yeah, I'd go for The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Good one. I like yeah, that. I yeah, love that, I love that film. That's a really good, creepy horror film about father and son coroners. Um yeah, and I remember watching it and, you know, while nothing really scares me anymore, I remember that, so, you know, heckles going up a bit, hairs on the back of my neck, going, ooh, that's a bit fucking creepy. Yeah, definitely that one. Yeah, and also, well, you, I mean, another film you love, uh, which is Lone Soul Survivor. Oh, my God, yeah, that's a, that's a great film as well, but yeah. The, the film I'd pick with him is uh, Into the Wild, which is a cracking film, got a great score, uh, soundtrack by mm. um, Eddie Vedder, uh, but yeah, really, really good film. So there you go. Go and watch those instead of this. <laughs> that's a good idea, mate. Yeah, yeah, that's a, so, that's a great idea. So there you are. Right. Um, no, we haven't got a trailer for our next film, have we? Well, yeah, we, we could have had, but because we're an English language podcast, um, it's the, there were no English language uh, trailers for it. There, there is an absolutely fucking superb trailer for it with... Um, Obviously, it's not in English, but that doesn't work on an audio show for us, unfortunately. 
Mm. So this was your pick. Mm. And so I'll set it up. And it is on Netflix right now. And when you sent me the message saying <laughs> we're going to be watching a three-hour Bollywood film, <laughs> my initial thoughts were, fucking hell, Dave, come on. <laughs> I, th- I thought that might be your uh, first thought. Oh, I mean, it's like, oh, come on, Dave, what are you doing to me? I haven't got three <laughs> hours to watch a bloody film, let alone a Bollywood film. <laughs> so... Anyway, and again, this goes back to what I was said earlier on, though. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover mm-hmm. and, you know, dismiss things mm-hmm. out of hand because you never know what gems you're going to find. Uh, but this is from uh, 20... Let me just get this right, make sure I get it right. Uh, from 2022. So very, very recent. Um, although I think it was in production for some time. Uh, it's on Netflix and it's by the, di- the director of a film that we talked about, another Bollywood film, which we loved. I we loved. Both, yeah, both loved it, didn't we? Not sure how you pronounce it. Is it eager? Eager, I'd say, yeah. Which I think translates to fly, mm. um, which was very enjoyable. Um, but yeah, this is called R R R, or I can't help but go R R R. The pirate <laughs> film. <laughs> I can't help it. Um, so. This has got an 8 out of 10 out of 83,000 reviews on IMDb. Um, it's, I'm not going to go through the stars uh, because I'm just going to butcher their names, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to do that. Um, but it's got a mixture of, uh, you know, English-speaking cast, so, which surprised me, I must mm-hmm. admit. Yeah. Uh, Ray, Ray Stevenson pops up. Um, Alison Doody, who I didn't recognise until I thought, God, she's had some work done to herself because <laughs> <laughs> I just recognize her from Indiana Jones, and the last crusade. Yeah. Um, and uh, a view to a kill. She pops up in as well. But anyway, um, so, you know, mixture of cast, um, and the story is a, ficti- a fictitious story about two legendary revolutionaries and their journey away from home before they started fighting for their country in 1920s. Um, this has got an 83 score on Metacritic, and I will go with the Empire review because there is an Empire one. Um, it may have a tenuous relationship with nuance, but RRR is a bombastic delight, making the Fast and Furious series look restrained by comparison. It hits the parts Hollywood actioners just can't reach. Rise, roar, revelation, it says. Mm. Um, so... And then uh, I'll I'll read it just for balance, I suppose. But the the lowest one is by Movie Nation, Roger Moore. Um, he gave it fifty, saying it's all in good, violent fun until it gets to be too much, and you realise they're never going to top their big two-hour mark throwdown. Mm, okay, fair enough. Um, so you picked this. I did. Why Why did you pick it? I picked it for. A- a couple of reasons. The main one being the the director whose name I won't say because I'm bad at names at the best of times and I don't want to completely butcher his name. Uh, but not only was the director, like you said, of Eja that we'd watched and we both um, really enjoyed on a show. I think it was last year, um, maybe the year before, but I think it was last year. He also directed a film, which was, again, a recommended in a previous entertainment show called Bahu Bali, The Beginning. He directed that as well. So I'd seen two of his. I'd seen Eager and Bahu Bali, The Beginning. Uh, there is a sequel to that 
called Bahubali 2, The Conclusion, which I still haven't watched. That's that's I've got to get that watched. And again, these are long films. These are like two and a half hours or so. So I thought, okay, Bahubali, awesome film. Ija, awesome film. And I thought, oh, let's, ah, ah, ah. Okay, let's put the trailer on. Surely it can't let me down. I was fucking blown away by the trailer. I thought, right, I've got to have this as the pick for us to watch. And that's when I sent you that WhatsApp message saying, yep, it's a three-hour Bollywood film. Uh, much like I said with Force of Nature, where I couldn't think of anything good to say. I, I honestly can't think of anything bad to say about this. It's three hours long, and I could have quite happily sat there for another hour and watched more of it. I really could. Um, and again, we watched it all in one, all in one go. I was locked into everything about it. The, the characters, the story, the action, the, the, the ridiculousness of some of it. Uh, knowing the type of film that it is and from past films that I've watched, especially with Bahu Bali. And you know, there's going to be dance numbers in it. It's a fucking awesome dance music oh, in this. God. It's, it's like, amazing. Oh, it's incredible. Oh, and as, as well, if you've got a surround sound system, crank it up while you're watching this because the sound design is just amazing. And when the music kicks in, it's, oh, it, it, the, the room filled. It's, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it now. It was just incredible a, a mixture of sound and visuals all coming together. And this, this sort of dance-off that the two characters have, surrounded by loads of other characters, but it inevitably ends with just those. And if, if you think... Uh, and it's all, it's all integral to the, to the film. It's not, oh, we'll just throw in a song and dance number here. It, you know, it works within the narrative of everything that's going on. And it's just, it, I was exhausted watching it. If you think of... Um, there's a lot of hopping on one leg. If you think of it like this, hop on one leg. Try it now, wherever you are, um, unless you're flying a plane or something. Listening to, it. don't do it, or driving a driving bus, driving a car, driving a car. <laughs> if it's safe to do so while you're listening to this, just give this a go. Hop on one leg. Okay, you're doing that. Now, while you're doing that, your other leg, pretend like you're kicking a football. So hop, hop, hop with one leg, kick, kick, kick with another one as fast as you can and leap around and then swing your arms around a lot as well while you're doing all that and do that for about 10 minutes. See how you go. Because <laughs> I couldn't do it. I was like, it's just exhausted watching that. It got to the end of the film and I was thinking, oh, please let there be another, like, another big sort of song and dance thing going on. Oh, and it didn't let me down. At the end, for the end credits, there's this another big dance number and a song everything the way it starts oh my god again i don't want to give too much away because it's one great thing after another there's so many incredible set pieces but it's not just about the set pieces it's about the character and the heart and the emotion and the, and the story and everything that goes on and um oh my god if you think like top gun had that undercurrent of you know homoeroticism well then you know these these two characters as well sweaty muscular topless men who look lovingly at each other quite a few times in the film yeah, yeah. don't they it's like ah oh, you know I, I knew i wasn't going to get it but it wouldn't surprise me if there was some deleted rimming scene going on between the <laughs> two of them but it was oh again everything this the cg because of the culture there um, and they don't use the animals in the film. Every animal in the film is CG. Mm -hmm. And and you'd think, oh, that can be dodgy. And, but it, 
it puts together some incredible scenes. This one scene where one of the main characters leaps down, surrounded by a shit ton of like lions and tigers and everything else. And it was one of those one of those many moments throughout this film where I just wanted to stand up and cheer and go, yes, this is fucking awesome. Uh, as it was all going on, I can't... Oh, I think you can tell by me just like waxing lyrical and can't stop talking about how much I love, I love this film. I loved that agent. I loved Bahu Bali. But this, this tops both of them by a long way. You sent me a link and I'll hand it over back to you in a minute, mate, because I could just waffle on um, ridiculously for ages about this film. But you sent me a great YouTube link as well for me to look at. And um, the reaction of these people in this video was, I said to you in my reply to you, was just like my reaction watch, watching this film. It was just one of pure, pure joy all the way through of whooping and hollering during the action things um, and then just be, just loving the characters and the story and being really sort of emotionally tied in, in with them. Um, go on, over to you. I'm, I've got to take a drink now. I've got to calm down. It's getting me excited just talking about it. Yeah, it's it's one of those where I'm I'm looking at YouTube now and and that um, song uh, Nacho Nacho I think it is is I mean some of the, the there's one here 84 million views 131 million views it's like a proper dance off you know mm. forget anything in Footloose or anything like that it's the energy and the the way that these actors are so talented you know what they do. Uh, it doesn't look sped up. It just looks this, you know, amazing what what they are. Like you said, mm. the first thing that I thought of when I saw this film was it looks absolutely sumptuous. That's yeah. oh, the God. word that yeah. I think came yeah. to my mind was it looks incredible. It just and then and again having watched that. So this this the, um, video reaction your your. Uh, YouTube video reaction you're referring to was something I recommended uh, well probably about two or three years ago now mm, which is yeah. it's called Cor Corridor Crew and it's about VFX artists react to you know a good or bad CG but and and they do sometimes they do Bollywood films and based on their video you know they somebody who was a fan of the movie um, brought it to the attention of, of the other VFX artists so they were watching it like you said their, their reaction to it was just awesome and um, you know this this song um, that they 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 do. I mean, there's one of many songs that are in it, and it's it's so good. It really has brought a massive smile to my face. But looking at it, the visuals and stuff, and yes, there are some elements of the CG that you can think, okay, that looks a bit CG. Hmm. But on the whole, a lot of the stuff, particularly like the crowd shots, like there's the scene sort of like you know relatively soon into it where um one of the lead characters is um a, a, an officer and he goes off to arrest somebody it looks amazing but looking at that most of it was all cg you know what i mean mm. it didn't look cg at all in play a lot of it was um the animal stuff like one of the characters rides a horse which was cg <laughs> it didn't look cg <laughs> looks amazing yeah um it did it it just visually looked amazing and i was having a conversation with uh, a couple of other people on uh, well i'll mention them the, the other trophy achievers uh, guys you know on our whatsapp group and one of them tom was saying that he's going to go off to watch thor today and i was just you know my usual downer stuff oh, i'm not really that fussed <laughs> but I'll, i will go and watch it yeah um, i mean they're a bit younger than me so you know 
<laughs> that sounds <laughs> really patronising. Kids, kids that they are. But you know what yeah. I mean. Um, so, and, and I was like, you need to watch this. So I put the trailer on for RR and I said, um, you know, this to me is better than any Marvel film I've yeah. watched. yeah in a very long time it's just it's up there with some of the action in it it's it's amazing um you know that whole sequence with the train and you know uh it it's it's incredible it really is um and and then like you said it's not just about all the -the over-the-top action because i think sometimes with not that I'm a massive expert on it at all. I've only ever watched two. But my impression of Bollywood movies is that they are hyper-stylized mm. and, and they will go over the top with stuff. Um, whereas with this, it does have a lot of the action and some of it is a bit over the top. But you also genuinely give a shit about the characters yeah, as well. Yeah. You care about them and you care about everything that they go through. And the thing is, like, when the, the, the film is playing out because, it, you know, the, the whole thing is is that the the characters they are um one's fire and one's water effectively yeah. you know they're kind of they're together but they're opposites and it's about how you can see where it's going to go but that doesn't ruin it for me anyway you can think okay you know you know what's going to happen here that they're, they're going to be friends then they're going to fight then something's going to happen and you can see all that kind of happening but you're so intrigued and you're so um, you buy into the story and the characters so much that I, I thought it was amazing. And and I've gone back and I've actually, I gave it four and a half out of five. I don't even know why I gave, I, I didn't give it that full five. I think possibly because, and I think maybe I had this prejudice, prejudice is perhaps the too strong a word, but this, there's still that thing with, again, I've only seen two Bollywood films. I'm still having to get my head around that they will occasionally, you know, sing and dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, and to, there's, there's that element of sort of like strangeness to it, and that's possibly why I didn't give it that. But the more I've thought about it, because I've actually finished watching it off, watching it yesterday. Um, no, I finished watching it today, because like I said, it's quite a long film, so I, I watched it in probably a couple of parts. Mm. But I watched it a bit, and as the day's gone on, and I watched that VFX Artist React 2 video, and it, the more I've thought about it and the more I've thought, oh, I'd love to watch that again. Yeah. And also, I'd love to watch it on a big screen. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. I'd love to watch it in a cinema. And so much so, I've just been looking to see if it is on any cinemas. Um, it's not, unfortunately. But that would be a real treat, I think, because visually, it just it's up there. It's so stunning to oh, look yeah. at. Yeah, sonically, like I said as well, the, the awesome sound design yeah. as well. Um, but no, I loved it. I think it's got um, a great finale, you know, and, and, um, but it's, it's great throughout, you know, never, never once felt bored by it. Never, oh, no. You know, it's, it's thoroughly entertaining. It really does hit those, like I said, action high points, mm. but really brings it all down to, um, with the emotional elements oh, of it yeah. as well. Yeah, that's it. It is, it is all underpinned by the characters and their story and the twists and turns that they take between them and, and what it leads to. And you're rooting for them all the way through. So the action, while they are like, you know, like I said, you want to whoop and holler. It, it just adds more gravitas to it and more meaning to it because you just love the characters. And I mean, like you, you said, you alluded to it at the, the beginning of this a bit, the, a, a bit, <laughs> it goes on quite a while and it's fucking amazing where there's, um, one of the main characters who is a soldier 
and they're faced with quite literally thousands of people in front, and he's ordered by his commanding officer to get this one particular person out of these thousands, and armed with just a piece of wood. He's, just, he's like holding mm. a piece of wood, and you're thinking, well, and, he, and he leaps into this crowd, and it's just an incredible sequence of him, like, making his way through and fighting fighting hundreds and hundreds out of these thousands of people but it's done in a way where you can almost buy into it that he's doing it the way that it's filmed and you go yeah you know what i bet he could quite quite as ridiculous as it sounds yeah um that, that you buy into it and then sort of weigh that with scenes where the other character and um because the introduction to, to both the characters is, and they say oh, that on the nice. on the video that you sent me, it's probably the best introduction to two characters in the film that's ever been done. Uh, but one of the sequences from the other character, who is you know the water character of the two, <laughs> there's a bit like there's a fucking motorbike spinning in midair, which he just stops and throws, and it's go, like, what? And the leaping tigers and. Oh, and the bit where he's between the trees and he's stopping this tiger attack. There was so many awesome bits, uh, as well as again, and you know we keep saying it, but it is really important. It's not. It's not just about that. It's it's the story, and even if the quieter bits, you just you just rooting for them. It is it is so good. You've got to watch Bahu Bali, um, the beginning now, mate. You've got you've got to watch that. Mm. Yeah, I will. I think, you know, again, thanks to you because, uh, you know, I wouldn't have watched this film if it hadn't been for your recommendation. So it's uh, it's up there as one of the best films I've watched for a, a long time. Mm. Yeah. You know, um, it's 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 a really, really good. Um, and yeah, I'd like to watch it again, you know. So don't let the fact that it is quite a long film at, or mm. that it's a Bollywood film, you know, go just go with it and you will be... I think you you'll be uh, impressed with it. Oh God, yeah, definitely. It's my my film of the year, easily. Um, yeah, it's going to take a lot to beat that. That's for sure. Um, yeah, it's pressure on. What can, what can I pick for next time? Now, I know. Well, <laughs> I can only go up with my pick, <laughs> kind of really. Yeah. Um, but no, it's uh, yeah. I and I've already got it queued up. So when we stop recording, I'm going to watch that. Nachu Nachu video. <laughs> are you going to because... do the dance as well? You're going to get up and do the dance while oh, you're watching it. I'll probably break a hip or something. <laughs> um, it's worth mentioning as well that this film has been hugely successful financially as well. It's, yeah. um, you know, it's done really well. And, and, you know, that's really good news because, like I said, you know, for me, loads of people are going to watch the Marvel films, but they're missing out on a real treat. Oh, because... hell yeah. 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 It's so. a pity, you know, the, going to watch Thor and then not watch this because it's three hours. I mean, come on. The latest Batman was, what, 10 minutes short of three hours? Yeah, and exactly. Fuck me. I checked out of that way before the end credits. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, no, well done. I tip my hat to you. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. Right. Very good. Um, right, let's finish this off then. People know, obviously, by now, but just in case you don't, um, 60mw.co.uk is our website, numerical 60, not alphabetical. Everything that we do is on there. Uh, these entertainment shows, all the other format shows that we do, uh, you can see the rest of the 60MW team on there, should you want to. Like I said earlier, there's links to our uh, letterbox. There's also our gamer tags. So if you're on PlayStation or Xbox, um, connect us up. Have some gaming with us as well. 
And uh, yeah, I think one of the things, I don't say this a lot, but send us a review. If you haven't sent us a review yet, uh, it's like I mentioned with Podcasto Cat Flappo um, and, and Jeffers was saying, you know, it's nice spend, spend a few minutes, write us a review. Uh, so I thought, yeah, I'll mention it on this show as well. If anybody listening and enjoys any of the different format shows that we do, uh, leave us a review. If you do, though, let me know where you where you left it. Otherwise, I probably won't know because we're scattered about everywhere. So either send me a link to it. And there is on our website a listener feedback page. And I always copy and paste the reviews and put them on there. So they're in one place, easy to find. So that'd be a very nice thing to do. Like I said, this is going to be released on Chris's birthday, Monday the 11th. Little little birthday present for Chris. Write a review. There you go. Yeah. And and also, and I'll let you talk about this as well, um, you can read some of the great content that he's been writing uh, for Game Rant as well. That'd be very nice. Leave leave yeah, Leave you. some feedback for the birthday boy. That'd be good. Yeah. So, yeah, hit, hit us up on the website. Everything we do is on there. And you're not far behind me, are you, at the end of the month as well? so I am exactly two weeks to the day after you. You're the 11th, I'm the 25th. There you are. Mm. Well, like, like I said, you, you may well get an album in the post. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. So, where can people follow you, mate? So, I'm at Dastardly Jabby on Twitter. Yeah. And, um, at 60MW Podcast, we're on Twitter. Still giving away stuff on there. Oh my, it's never-ending. Films, everything, we're all on there. Um, so there we are. That's it. We'll be back again in, uh, in two months' time. Keep an eye on Twitter. I always post the two double-dip pics. And uh, yeah, we'll be back. But before then, there'll be loads of different format shows. I think you've got a, haven't you got a um, Trophy Achievers show in the can? Yes, I've just got to edit it, put it together, um, but that'll be available soon. And yeah, then Adam and I, we've got Ghost Watch, which is going to be released yeah. at some point. And then we've, we, uh, we're have we going to record Dog Soldiers. Um, oh, nice. Which, and then I don't know what we'll do after that. But uh, yeah, so we've always got shows on the go, haven't we? So, mm. Dog Soldiers yeah. getting a very nice 4K release soon as well. Ah, excellent. Mm. Right, we'll be back soon. Thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, go on, leave us a review. And go and watch RRR. Right, so next, until next time, cheerio. Bye-bye, toodle-pip. <laughs> <laughs>